make it through. I'll give you my no. my V8. I mean, no, they're really good. Not. They're tasty. I'm sure. It's just that there's not enough of it. Right. And you kind of want to drink two in one sitting. Uh, this is going to be episode 409. Formula, Formula 409. 409. <laughs> God damn it. This is too easy. Right. At this point. <laughs> 409. We're, we're We've the, got the title out of the way. We're the goat. Yeah. The great, we're goaded. That's what the kids would say. Y'all, let's go to for real, for real. <clears throat> we, we uh, at work, we uh, talk like Zoomers. Yeah. Some of us are Zoomers, but we like talk like the hype beast Zoomers. Yo, 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 cuh. Um, talk like that. I, I, couldn't, and, I couldn't deal with it. It's, it's so much fun that sometimes we're doing it unironically. No it. cap. That's getting him on nerves as well. <laughs> Stop the cap. Like, shut the fuck up. Does uh speak English. Does your daughter use some, any, any new slang? Some. But I'll purposely bring up slang that's 10 years old. 30? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, that's I, rad. From, no, 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 no. Because that <laughs> slang would, she remembers? Yeah, that would be un, you know, I don't, that would be ironically cool that I'm mm. using slang from my generation and rad and dope and all those things. I wouldn't, but dope is still around. Dope is everlasting. Sure. But I, I, um, I, I asked her if her clothes were on fleek not long no, ago. And fleek she, is 10 years. And yeah. she, she was like, <laughs> oh, dad. Like, <laughs> what is that? Not the, is that not with the kids today? Well, the way they're communicating. <laughs> hello, fellow kids. Uh, the way they're communicating now is mostly through text. Right. And they, Abbreviate everything. So now they're speaking to each other in abbreviated text. We're we're on our way back to hieroglyphs. We're on our way back to monosyllabic grunts. Yes, we really are. We're, well, the way a lot of people communicate now is with emojis and gifs and stuff, and that is just modern day hieroglyphs. Sure. Imagine also the thing with the AI doing art now is really starting to bother me. It's not bothering me because it's still not good. Well. No, it is. And I mean, music, no, and no, the, it's cool looking, but it's still not. It's um, there's just there's no soul to it. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't matter. It does to me. Yes, but maybe out. Maybe that. Uh, you see, you see, it, 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 carry that line of logic out to its ultimate conclusion. Well, there's an AI channel on Twitch that is continuously streaming a never-ending in episode of Seinfeld. It is AIing up and animating an episode of Seinfeld continuously forever. And that's all it's doing. It is n- nonstop. Let me find there's, they put clips of it up. Like he says, like problematic things like, cause it's still going by like the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the other, the an episode the other day, uh, Elaine was, she was dating a black guy or was she, and they referred to him as mixed and all kinds of things. And it's, but George, the way George, may, maybe he's mixed. Well, <laughs> it's called Nothing Forever, is the name of the channel. Okay. Here's a clip. It's crude hey, animation. Yvonne, did you hear about that new restaurant around the corner? <laughs> crude AI. They're voice. supposed to have the best food in town. I heard they just opened up, and I'm dying to try it. But it looks so expensive. Maybe we can make a deal with the owner, you know, trade them some of our jokes for a free meal? What do you think, Larry? 
I mean, it get it's either that right. or we mooch off our friends again. That's a great idea. We'd be like comedians for hire. What is the deal? <laughs> Here's hoping the owner is a fan of our humor. This, but it will get good as it goes on. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. Like we, I didn't think this would happen in my life. Why didn't that not call it say I say say Einfeld AI say Einfeld because the AI I'm, I, I that was better. Than I, I don't. I didn't think that a dystopia what happened in my lifetime, but we're living in one. Yeah. It's over, baby. No, it's not over. It's just begun to be over. Well, once it, once it gets over is when we get to truly shine. How so? Because they're going to need strong people. They're going to need smart people. (laughs) We're going to be old. They're going to need funny people. I'm old now. (laughs) No, you're keeping yourself limber and you're keeping yourself strong. You'll be fine. And if nothing else, if it's 10, 20 years from now, then you've got wisdom. And that is a Here's thing that, that will be sorely lacking. Here's to that. From this generation. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see a dystopian version of, let's go see the wise one. It's me sitting there playing PlayStation. <laughs> you've got somebody riding a bike to power the PlayStation. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing where we can't be, it'll be the most simple thing. Just do this. It's Fuck a, off. There's a thing called a shovel. <laughs> Our you, friend Ian has died because he wouldn't eat animals, and that's all there is left to eat. So we don't know what to do with him. Well, have you tried burying him? Bear, bury? Bury. Have you, do you have a shovel? Shovel? It's the thing I'm going to beat you with if you don't. <laughs> Go downstairs in the shed. It's the little building out back. And get me a shovel. <laughs> It looks like this. I'm sketching out. Go get that. Bob, keep paddling. <laughs> keep paddling. <laughs> You're playing. Uh, what would you be playing? You'd be playing Last of Us. Just- <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding? Playing a dystopia while I'm in a dystopia. This dystopia is way better. Than <laughs> yeah, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, Why did, couldn't it be this dystopia? Well, I've said it for a while. Like, uh, seems like a lot of the mainstream entertainment that's on regular TV nowadays is dystopian like the masked singer you you've got five judges or however i've never seen it i've only seen clips you've got judges sitting there and people come up on stage in like a furry outfit or whatever it is and they're wearing a mask and then they sing a song badly or goodly it doesn't matter goodly and then people have to guess what it is that is retarded they have to guess who it is that is stupid then you have um well there's there's um squid game which is set in a dystopia, so it's sort of like a a, uh, a comment. On that what's is the going one. On. That is the okay. The one thing we're lacking is it, it cake. Is it cake? I don't want to talk about. Is it cake? The one thing we're lacking. <laughs> I love. Is it cake? <laughs> the one thing we're lacking to push this over the edge, which will happen, is the cheapening of human life, where it becomes so cheap that it becomes that your entertainment becomes worth more than human life. That is almost happening. We are we are living in a country now where people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who have no value on human life, 
are getting elected to office. She's just she's just the vanguard. She's she's not even the vanguard. She's just the scout for what is going to happen. I saw an article this week um, proposing that we use brain dead women as surrogates because their organs are still good. They could still carry the baby. That that is, is dystopian. That is, that is from Dune. It is. It's the Benny Tylaxu. It's the fucking axolotl tanks. Do, read more science fiction. <laughs> it's all coming true. It's going to become science fact. And people are going to be reading. This is really cool. No, it isn't. You're not getting it. <laughs> you know? Good. I, who read that? Was like that's a fucking hell that's, of an idea. That's what I would be. That's what I would do. Being the wise old one. Like we've got this idea here. Read that. I'll just throw a book at him. Yeah. You highlight paragraphs. Okay, this is this, and this is what you should draw from this. Yeah, this is not a good idea. Now go away, Brittany. No, that's an old name. G- 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 give me a new fangled uh, name. Michaela, spelled all weird. <laughs> no, that's old too. That's twenty years but old. But spelled all weird though. No, no, no. That's twenty years old as well. M a c k a y l a u g h. That's. You know how many girls I Michaela. thought? You know how many girls I thought were cool and like they were fun to hang out with, and then they have kids, and then they name them something like that, and I'm like, oh, she was retarded. Well, the, am I retarded? Well, for, there's Braden, there's Breeden, there's, there's Jaden, there's Jaden, there's there's all the Duns, all the Duns. I'm glad. I mean, I'm I glad. I'm glad we named Annie a regular name. That's an evergreen name, baby. It is. It's never going Anne. away. And with an E. It said, you know what the crazy thing about it sets that, her apart. I'm not going to say the name in case this person listens, but I know a girl that named her child that and spelled it that way. <laughs> you know how bad I wanted to freaking beat her over the head with the shovel you were just trying to explain <laughs> to the dystopian yeah. idiots in the future. <laughs> and I'll, the and name the, itself, and is the fine. crazy thing about it is it'll be so fucking. Um, Androgynous from having not done labor and shit, that I'll be a hulking old man sitting there. <laughs> like it'll be like we have to go to the old ones. They're the only ones strong enough to do like these all kind of, of our star. Like anybody that's like old style movie star type guy, like Cruz, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, DiCaprio. They're problematic now. Why? Well, Cruz because. Well, Scientology. Cruise things. Yeah. But other than that, seems like a perfectly great guy. Maverick seems pretty fucking awesome to me. I enjoyed it. The only really great old... The Critical Drinker has really got into my head about when it comes to story. Go away. (laughs) Why is he doing that? Don't know. (laughs) Um, Brad Pitt, because he's... I think he yelled at... uh, What's-her-face one time? Antonio Jolie? Yes, he yelled at her one time about something, and she let it come out in an interview. I'm sure there was more to it than that. It's her. Yeah. Are you you going to tell me you're not going to yell? She needs a yelling. She she needs a deal with it. I mean, just Uh, of course, there's Leo. He's dating a 19 year old, a a girl who is perfectly able to make her own decisions. Well, uh, but I can't say that I would say no to dating Leo. We're the same age. It would be weird. People be like, why is he dating that guy? Bit of a schlub. Also, Leo never seemed to be gay. He was banging extremely hot 19 to 24-year-old. I can see you showing up on the red carpet you're saying there. What's up? <laughs> smoking. Start smoking again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Um, um, everything is everything's a problem. Well, no, but then you, you're right about the androgyny that's coming. But the, but the reversal of that is is that it's all right for older women to now date really young men. That's great. It's, it's please do. It's you know that's your power and stuff like that. Like okay, where is the equality? Do you want equality? Anytime, anytime equality is brought up, <clears throat> like uh, like you'll see like Zoom meetings or discussions where people are talking about women need more equality, we need to be more represented in science, and blah blah blah. And then somebody will bring up uh, plumbers are ninety nine percent male. Do you think we need more representation in plumbing for women? Um, bricklaying, yeah, bricklaying is ninety nine percent male, probably a hundred percent steel mills. Steel mills ninety nine percent male. Do it's we need more, more representation? It's about there? Do you, I mean do you want? Do they want that kind of representation, or only the things that start out at a hundred k a year when you sit in an office and answer emails? Well, the, the simple fact is, and I think that even my left, the, my my more mat- my mate and my more mature left leaning friends, who we all lean left, would tend to agree though that sometimes men's jobs are men's jobs. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the brutal ones. Then there's outliers, female outliers, outliers that do them. And sure, do them and, well. and, and can do them pretty well. But they're still like, I, I don't ever want to imply that somebody can't do something just on basis of who they, who they are as a person. That's ridiculous. It's dumb. But the, the, the percentages state that if you have a job like on an oil rig or something like that, the amount of physical, we would be challenged with the physical mm-hmm. strength that would take. And we're, first couple and of we're both and strong then, and we're both strong men for the first couple of weeks. Right. I mean, I was challenged at first with the railroad and mm-hmm. I was a weightlifter at that point. Those jobs are hard in a way that people just can't train for. So yeah, there will be oh, these CrossFit girls. Okay. Let's break this down. A, they're on drugs. Mm-hmm. They could remain on drugs to do these jobs, but why? I mean, you're taking drugs that are ruining your body in the long term to prove that you can do a job that doesn't pay really that much and destroys your body and tears you down. On the surface, that's silly and ridiculous. B, they that doesn't mean that they can that that, that the things they've done train them for that job. I don't care what you do in a CrossFit pitch or whatever. When you go into a fucking when you go into a steel mill, shit is different. It's very different. I mean, for one thing, speed is a factor and safety is a factor. This has to be done now or we might all potentially die. So, you know, you have to pick up things that you just shouldn't pick up. And you and you and you're also almost being set on fire. Things like, you know, all these things are factors and they are uncomfortable factors. I know what they do and I I love what they do in respect. I think it's amazing. I think they look great. I think they you know, should be lauded and all those things. And and I'm behind it. But at the same time, I understand the reality of the situation that it's not all on the up and up for any of the athletes. But I mean, if there's money to be made, if there's money to be made, it's not on the up and up. Mm-hmm. That's Freakonomics 101. If they're cheating in sumo wrestling, they're cheating at CrossFit. So, um, you know, I'm saying you, you, they try to apply things to other things. Well, she can pick up a 250 pound sandbag. That's tremendous. That is a impressive feat of strength. But can she do that with hot clothing on, standing in front of a giant furnace, hard where, hat, safety glasses? Yeah, and 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 not have and and not be people 
you know, instead of people saying, woo, go for it, being like, pick that fucking thing up. We need that. We got to get moving. Let's go. Exactly. No. No. That's way more difficult. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. It's, it's that, that thing has happened where the line keeps creeping and now I'm behind it. You know what I mean? You're almost a Republican now. No, <laughs> fuck no. Like I, I was telling my friend about, he's a Christian. He's a great guy. We were talking about, um, politics today and Jesus came up and I said, there's no way Jesus would be a Republican. And I explained to him and he laughed. He thought it was hilarious. The reason he laughed is because he knew I was right. Jesus yeah. would be an anarchist. I think, um, no, Jesus was definitely for, he had a saying, render up what is to see, render up to Caesar what is Caesar's and what, up, what is God to God. He believed in the local government. Here's what the crazy thing of people, Christian scholars, scholars, and I do the air quotes, who make fun of the Roman Empire and think they're, people don't understand that life, life under the Caesars was pretty fucking great. It seemed like it in all the documentaries. If, unless you were a bitcher and a complainer and just, you know the reason they threw the Christians to the lions and shit? Because they wouldn't pay their fucking taxes. Taxes to the Roman gods. And you know what those were? Taxes for roads. Taxes for the for the fast food stands. And those were, and they did have those downtown in fucking Rome. <laughs> and in all Roman cities. All the amphitheaters and all the fucking and all the places to amuse the people with bread and circuses so they didn't fucking revolt. All these things costed money. And they couldn't just go kicking our ancestors the ass, the Gauls. They had done it. So, you know, that money was was fucking over with. So what did they do? Tax the average Roman citizen a very reasonable fucking amount of money to pay for the Roman gods. <clears throat> I've started doing this and I can't, I don't like it, um, to to give the Roman gods their due. It's just, it's a government tax to pay for shit. They bitch and complain and said, we're not going to give, because we're not going to have gods above other gods. They even told him, we, that's, they even had people on the inside, dude, this isn't putting those gods above your gods, man. Your God, fine, worship your God. It's great. As a matter of fact, there's quite a few Romans who are very interested in this. And by the way, that will help to topple the Roman Empire someday. But anyway, they had while freedom, we're here. They had freedom of religion there, right? <laughs> Absolutely, they had freedom. Even more than that, the Romans were one of the first, were one of the biggest groups to start cults over new deities. They were fascinated by new deities. Like you had... But they didn't go and forget about the old ones. They're See, I, I don't know. I, I, I need to brush up more of my Roman history. There were cults of Isis. There were cults of the Greek gods, which were just the... See, the Romans... Here's one thing about the Romans. They didn't create anything. They stole everything and put their name on it, but they made it better. Sort of like... Uh, I'll compare it to, let's say, the Beatles. Sure. They were influenced in... Sometimes they did steal things. Sure. Like good the, artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah. Salvador Dali. Like uh, Come Together by the Beatles. John Lennon stole that from a Chuck Berry song. Nice. And he got sued. And, and he paid out. No, the deal was that... He got a songwriting credit? No. Uh, he got to piss on somebody? No. <laughs> the deal was... Uh, he didn't get sued until after the Beatles broke up. And <clears throat> the deal was John Lennon needed to record that song that he stole. Mm-hmm. And Chuck Berry would get all the royalties from it, and there was and, and they played together with that one, right? No, not that particular. Song. Maybe, maybe that, that particular. Is that song. the one where Yoko is on the no, stage screaming and Chuck Berry's? Um, <laughs> it's fucking priceless. So what John Lennon did in like 1973, maybe? Yeah, is he made a covers album called Rock and Roll? Nice, and he put that song on it, and Chuck Berry got all the royalties from that one song. Um, 
But yeah, they you said they stole and made it better. Mm-hmm. The Beatles version of that song is much better than Chuck well, Berry's original. But they're also they were very American like. Okay, the average Roman citizen. This is something that fascinates me. Cultures that have their warrior passes come and gone, and they they have won. They have won are fascinated by warrior cultures because this is what they used to be and not what they have anymore, right? So when they were fighting the Celts and the Germans who were like Celts on steroids back then, I'm proud to have both those bloodlines in me, by the way, and Neanderthals, which is crazy. But did you get your shit done and there is some Neanderthal in you? Well, no, but just by virtue of ethnicity. Yeah, coming from there, we probably have some. No, the the the, the Germans and the and the Celtic peoples, especially in the British Isles, have the largest percentage of Neanderthal blood. I think, other than maybe some groups in Asia, which have um, Denovesian blood as well. So, wouldn't you think the Mongols probably had some- probably lots of it because they were fucking savages, but they were also really good at fighting. That's that's one thing I notice amongst a, ne- a group of Neanderthal descendants. They can really fucking fight. And I'm not talking about sports or anything. Like that. I'm talking about killing another human being. For some reason, they're really good at doing it. So that's what I was saying about the Celts being this group. The Romans started to follow Celtic fashions. Like they started to wear trousers and they started to wear torques around their neck. Torgs or, you know. Mm-hmm. These, you know, they started to grow their hair long and like even grow some mustaches out. And at the same time, it's crazy that the Celts from that area were starting to become more Roman. They were wearing togas so much so that there were areas of of um, of Gaul called toga wearing Gaul because they were so Romanized that they had virtually forgotten all of their Celtic past. And the Gauls are just the Celts. So the coolest thing to me is is that interplay of cultures and how this culture is secure in who they are, but they see the civilization in this culture. This culture has a civilization, but isn't secure in who they are, their masculinity and their, you know, so they see what they have and they want that. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's an estuary of cultures. That's really fascinating. Well, so, now that's called cultural appropriation. Sure it's it is. Bad. It's how dumb. <clears throat> I, was, I was listening to one of Tom Segura's podcasts and he was over in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Taking a surfing lesson And the guy teaching him Just said This is our shit man We're the ones that brought this to the world And now look around Everybody's Every Every, every coast You see people surfing And he goes You know who the goat is? And he's like um, Kelly Slater's like Yeah Kelly Slater He's the goat Because Not because he's the best But because he spread this All over the world mm-hmm. And now everybody c- Can get a chance to go surfing That's A lot of uh, lefty leaning people would say that's cultural appropriation. Only Hawaiians should surf. That's absurd. It's absurd. Yes. Why would you want to keep that? Like um, a few years ago, a girl wore a like a, the Japanese style dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's not either. a kimono, but uh, to prom, and she put it up on Instagram, and then she just gets barraged with people telling her she's racist and cultural appropriating. But Japanese people love that. Honkies are fucking sure. wearing their traditional, but there clothing. is, but there is, um, but there is making fun. There is, and there is uh, some gray area there. Like the the whole thing, I'm still ambivalent about the whole Native American Halloween costume thing. I understand 
It depends. It's intent is yeah. what it is. Like if you think, oh, they're really awesome and they're cool and all that stuff, and I really want to be like, like a warrior. Exactly. And, and it's like these those people are really cool to me. I think that any Native American, really they talk to people like, yeah, we that's awesome. But we're not Halloween costumes and we're not we're not animals and mascots. You know what I mean? They they that's really their beef with it. And of course you're gonna have Disagreement within the community about well they like to be us and they're they're people as well so they're gonna you're having disagreements, um, you know the blackface thing <laughs> you can't make that okay no matter what you do. <laughs> There's a couple examples that I think are okay, which are well Robert Downey Jr. Right, because he was an actor up his own ass about how great he is. And right, he's like well, I can't I can't play this role unless I. It was an actor within an actor. Within yeah, an act, yeah. It was there was levels to it, and it was very funny. Right. Um, I didn't mind the Carl Malone bit. Carl Malone didn't mind the Carl Malone no, bit. He laughed. Jimmy he Kimmel did. He thought it was funny. Um, there was one particular Jimmy Fallon did Chris Rock on Saturday Night Live, and he was completely transformed. He, he looked like Chris Rock. He's even doing the mannerisms, and I. Chris Rock. Oh, you talking, he funny. said Rob Lowe. No, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Did you did ever see? Did you ever see Rob Lowe do Carcinio? No. You need to punch it. Wait, up wait, right wait, fucking wait. Now that was the Saturday Live. Yes, I bet I did. <laughs> Let's get rowing. Are you sure? I think that's Dana Carvey. Carcinio. No, no, no. That's Rob Lowe. No, no. Wrong one. Wrong one. Oh, Art, this is no, great. I'm sorry. This, I even got this my is finger elongated. This is crazy. This is good, too. I'm sorry. Rob Lowe's was called Arsenio Beckman. Okay. Man, it's been so long. He was a phenomenon, dude. Arsenio Hall was a phenomenon oh. for a while. It was crazy. Well, he was great. He's mm-hmm. a very good comic. He was, he was good. He just started to get... When he lost it, is he got when he got really confrontational with Vanilla Ice. Oh yeah, he, he, you cannot bring a guest on there and then go after them because you because that's that cultural appropriation. Thing. Yeah, he was pissed off because yeah, of that. Yes, wild. That is wild <laughs> stuff. The whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> what a great idea! I know. This is fun. This is wild stuff. <laughs> do, you, do you see this, Ed? You, ju- you just do this. You go whoop, whoop, whoop. And they, uh, they go crazy. Remember those people over there? Yeah. Those people over there. That was actually a pretty good bit. It's a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Phil Hartman. Just, just Dude, he was so good. That's it. All right, all right. My name is Carcinio, and this is going to be a party. <laughs> He's got the hot. He has, I think the George Went is on this episode, probably. And he's just like, he starts, he's like, what the hell are you doing, Johnny? You know. Have you ever noticed how white guys hold themselves down there? What is that? I mean, what are they holding down there? Anyway, do you ever notice the way white people dance? Is that wild? Is that wild? <laughs> 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 simply have got no rhythm. Okay, 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 everybody, everybody chill. (laughs) That had not entered the lexicon yet. I was was sort of on my way out. Well, I had a talk with the network, and let's just say that this homeboy intends to be around for a while. Not going anywhere, no, sir. I can't help but keep going. It's it's a really good sketch. All right, all right, now we made a few changes, a few, few little tweaks here and there. And I got the suit and a few other things. I had this finger elongated. <laughs> <laughs> You're around.
around 29 years, you shouldn't be afraid to, you know, make a few adjustments for the young people. Jesus Christ, at that point, he'd only been around for 29 years. Can you Ed, believe that? Ed, have you noticed? Look that just doesn't seem that long. The doghouse tonight. My man, Tom Kite. <laughs> he is kicking butt on the PGA. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's, I'll just watch this all the way through. Uh, now look for Arsenio Beckman. Arsenio. And Rob Lowe, this was young Rob Lowe. I don't think, because he was, he was such a, back then, he was such an unlikable person. He really was. That I don't think anybody realized how talented he actually was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Looks like a, a light skinned brother. Yeah, he does. I don't even think they're real. I think at this point, I do think there was maybe an edge to it because people did, even though he, God, watch him. This is so fucking ridiculous. They got two uses out of the set too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so cringy sometimes because it's just. It's better than doing the wild thing. Is that George you Costanza know, in the front row? I would tell, there is some wild stuff going on out there. <laughs> Did you hear what, what happened on the news today? That's, that's what he would do. He was so vague. Oh, um, Arsenio. Arsenio, yeah. Yeah. That was crazy, the news. Crazy. <laughs> you know what? You know what else? How about the way? <laughs> How about the way people dance? You know, some people. <laughs> <laughs> These people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? It really reminds me of the Robert Townsend sketch. Yeah. He was really good. He was great. I like, he had that one on uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Um, the black actors, uh, had a, had a, the black actors, when they were trying to get roles and they were talking to these uh, guys. He's like, I've played a pimp. Uh, you know, can you uh, act more black? Hey, Dom. No, no, no. This is actually from Hollywood Shuffle. This is still from Hollywood Shuffle, but he actually had gotten the role right now. And this is the end where he quit because he's not acting black enough. It's a really good movie if you haven't seen it. It's funny, but it's also got some. Is point. it his? Is it like a sketch movie or? 
somewhat. Kind of like a Kentucky Fried movie? A little bit, but there's an overriding theme in it that he's trying to make it as an actor. The funniest thing ever is the auditions for that role. (laughs) I like how they also... He also make fun of the Latinos. Dad, you know I'm a bad dude. They deserve Dad. it. Jeez, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay, Hollywood shuffles on. Oh, I want to show you. Um, also, this had some Wayans people in it too, I believe. But all of them. Yeah. I I like. Have you ever seen? I'm going to get NAACP and Uncle Tom. Okay, I'm. Gonna, That's fucking great. This is a, uh, It's really fucking good. It's so good. It's uh, the ex- Ask a Black Guy guy. Paul Mooney. Yeah. Standing outside the home of Bobby Taylor, a young Jesus. black actor who took a lead role in a stereotypical movie about street life. The NAACP has picketed this movie, but this is the first time that an actor has ever been picketed. Here to explain is the president of the Hollywood branch of the NAACP, Mr. Jamal Harris. I hope that you're all paid up members of the NAACP Hollywood branch. Thank you. We felt we had to put our foot down by making Bobby Taylor an example. We feel that black actors should not have to accept these stereotype roles, such as crying slaves, tar babies, jungle bunnies. And I say that as long as black actors play these roles, they'll never play the Rambos until they stop playing the Sambo. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Tell me, was he always an Uncle Tom? Yeah. Yes. Always Uncle Tom. Mama, Daddy was Tom. Uncle was a Tom. I think that Bobby Taylor is a two-bit goat-smelling spook, obviously from the coon repertory theater of America. Uh, God damn. You ain't going to be no star, Bobby. Tell you, come back that brown stuff on the tip of your nose. I know you're brown-nosing over there. We are out here sweating like... I love John Witherspoon. so funny. Because he chooses to buck his eyes, yank on his dick, and pull those raggedy skid mark draws out of the crack of his black ass. <laughs> I really thought he was going to make the right choice, but She's in some of the stuff, too. She's great. My girlfriends oh, are yeah. laughing behind my back. They ask me, does he make those kind of faces in bed? <laughs> Do you make those faces in bed? <laughs> Sometimes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You know one of the things I love about this? <laughs> that has so much just fucking self-awareness and like an ability to, la- you know, just... So tongue in cheek, you know, it's it's the best. I love it. Here's one of my Nowadays, favorites. it would be the white people that are all mad at him and not the black people. Yes, it would. Um, they need to they need to remake it. And here's here's when the people are fucking auditioning for the roles. God damn it, piece of shit. Okay. At U.S. Cellular, you can choose oh, God. plan and get five hundred dollars off any phone. All right. What we're looking for, Miss Strickland, is the girlfriend. Of the brother of the main character. She has to be tough but sensitive. She knows life and yet she's very naive at the same time. And of course she has to be very, very Spanish. We're looking for a very West Side Story kind of look. Miss Cruz, you can do the Spanish. Should you do a Spanish accent? Yes, I do. Could you do your obvious size for me with that accent? Sure. She's really good too. She's like, Jenny, listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Yes, it's very exciting. Richard, it's an important film. And it's a film that can make the right actor very, very He's famous. so fucking awful. We're looking for charisma. We're looking for sex appeal and yet innocence. <laughs> We're looking for that certain je ne sais quoi. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think so. With that in mind, Richard, I want you to start reading from the top of the page. Okay. <laughs> and I want you to give it to us, but really give it to us. Don't relax. I relax, but I need some tension at the same time. But not too relaxed, but don't forget <laughs> No, it's awful, dude. I feel so bad for him. Can I start? Oh, please, please, anytime you're ready. Okay. This is Jimmy, man! Jimmy! And when my game flies out, you'll be dead! I'm out, Richard. <laughs> anyway, after getting my degree from the Royal He's Academy fucking of Dramatic awesome. Art, I decided to come to Hollywood and do some movies. Good. Why don't you start with the uh, the speech? That's very interesting. That David sure. Okay. Um, no, he's in it, though, see. and he's really good. What it is, bro, <laughs> I ain't afraid of you. What is happening with your cool vines? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're the, worst. <laughs> You're the worst actor I've ever seen. Uh, what so happened? got muted. What the hell? Nah, I think the sound is off on this one. So, anyway, there was this one where the guy's like, he's so bad, they all start laughing. And it's just, he goes, it's the funniest shit ever. But anyway, that movie, I've, it's it's such a great movie. Like that, that whole uh, group of comedians from that time, Robert Townsend, uh, Keenan Ivory Waynes, Damon Waynes, you know, all, they were all so, so good. And I don't know, man, it's like, I don't think they get the, I don't think they get the credit they're due for how good they actually were. So they got outshone by like people like Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> who's awesome as well, but this was, their, theirs was a different kind of thing. Like they, they didn't go through the national Saturday night live route. They went, more did their own thing. Mm-hmm. Robert Townsend had this thing called the, Robert Townsend's Partners in Crime was a stage show, but they also had um, like skits that they'd done and stuff. I loved it. I used to watch it and, and fucking eat it up. Loved it. I'm trying to find here's one Hollywood Shuffle and Eddie Murphy type. I'll show you. Say what, Mr. Wilson? Please don't fail me now. <laughs> that's the fucking uh, <laughs> that's the sitcom they're always watching. He's a bat from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Marty. What did they say? They like me a lot. I need uh-huh. to watch this movie. Huh? It's good, man. I love that movie. But what? They want an Eddie Murphy type. What's an Eddie Murphy type? Oh, they, oh, they, they want somebody to act like Eddie Murphy? He's going to come in doing an Eddie Murphy impression. What we're looking for is an Eddie Murphy type. We want somebody who can act like Eddie Murphy from head to toe. That's what we want. Someone who can dress like Eddie Murphy, to to look like Eddie Murphy, to be Eddie Murphy, to give him the actor himself, a Murphy-ectomy, to have a Murphy-like quality, Murphy-esque, to be Murphonic. Murphonic. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Did you open Mr. Roberts? Me. There he is. He is the one we want. I, I just want to be me. I, I, I don't want to be Eddie Murphy. I just want to be me. I, I just want to. Just... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good, man. He's so good. I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened to Robert Townsend. 
I haven't seen anything from him in a long time. He's probably writing stuff and doing stuff like that. Let's find out on IMDb, shall we? I hope he's still living. I think he is. Robert T-O-W-N-S-H-E-N-D. No, just E-S-E-N-D, not right. H. Robert Townsend. Oh, yeah. He also directed Hollywood Shuffle. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. God damn. He was born in 1957. I'm looking at his... <clears throat> so he's, what, 67 now? All right. He's 66. Been, he's been in 58 episodes of Black Lightning, which aired from 17 to 21. Mm-hmm. Um, voiceover. He does voiceovers. A lot of voice mm-hmm. acting. I think he's in the Proud family. If I'm, I not. think so. Yeah, I think. I think I'm he not. was the original guy from the Proud family. Right. I think he was like the like maybe the creative mover and shaker behind that for a long. You're time. You're probably too. right. He was in the Parenthood from '95 to '99. Right. I remember that. He's just really good, man. Oh, he's, he's great. He probably um, decided doing that lab. <laughs> the life of uh, a traveling comedian. If he could just make as much money being a writer and director and all that stuff. Well, he's and he's probably one of those guys. He strikes me as a guy that was really wise with his money and did stuff that he had to do at first. And then he just did things he wanted to do. Yeah, he probably just made the, said the things he wanted to say. And, and, decided, and then he keeps making things that something, that something will really strike him. He'll want to do that. I love that kind of artistic integrity. You know, like I'm going to make what I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a fuck what you think. And if it sells, it sells. I don't need the money. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know? See, that's my attitude, except for I need You don't have anybody. Money. <laughs> None of us do. <laughs> we have integrity without I'll do the all this shit. <laughs> Actually, I told you a couple weeks ago, me and J-Mo, he had a song. Like, he saw the back of his guitar strap. It said Genuine Canadian Leather on it. Yeah. And he wanted to write a song called Canadian Leather about, he said he wanted the guy in the video to look like, Late 80s to early 90s era, Bob Golick. All right. Um, the woman would be in leather and like have a flat ass and giant tits. Right. And um, it'd be like in the style of maybe a uh, Robert Palmer song, Simply nice. Resistible, something like that. Right. So I, I wrote a riff. This is the first actual riff I think I've ever written. I'm usually more of a chord progression guy. Yeah. But I wrote a riff. And it, I think it rips, but it's also, it's not anything original. We've probably heard shit like this well, but it's, thousands of thousands I don't think, of times. Again, I mean, Salvador Dali. Let's I'll play the first version I have of the riff. Might be a little loud. Very rhythm and blues. Oh yeah, that's all I'm gonna. But there's not really much more to it. That's just—it's a nice little bluesy type riff. No, 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 no. It, and imagine that when it goes into the verses, like on like an '80s shitty sounding electric piano. Oh, nice. That's and he's got great. one of those, doesn't he? Oh, but have, he's got the—he's got the program. We have all the sounds we could ever hope for, and we're imagining like a crappy saxophone solo in the middle of it <laughs> and we're going to film a video oh god and it's going to be adam bryant <laughs> playing him we need to find a girl she needs to be like blonde but you can tell she's not really blonde you know what i mean i think we know something like 
can't. We might. I don't know. We're going to write it down because we don't <laughs> want to offend anybody on the air. I'm sure we know dozens of people like that, I imagine. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, if you're uh, if you're wondering who it is, send me a DM. <laughs> and by the way, she's tremendous. She's wonderful. I mean, she really is a Ray great sunshine. Yeah, but I think we're laughing because she fits. She fits exactly what I'm saying. Fit the, the the persona so much. Yeah, and you can see her because she's she's also very clever, and she would she would find it funny. Said so she'd laugh so. Yeah, that's an actual riff that I read. I'm pretty pretty nice. stoked about it. And th- then I was thinking, I like this riff so much, I should make it a real song. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to let it be Canadian Leather, and I'll write another riff. Now that I've broken the seal on writing riffs, maybe I'll be able to write riffs more. Well, I mean, I don't even know. See, I wouldn't even know where to begin. That's the difference in realms of creativity. I know how to start a story. I, I mean, give me... Give me the basic ingredients, what you can, what you want, or, or an idea, and I will build a story around it. Should I give you a writing prompt? And sure. Then, and then by next week, Get, throw out something right now and 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 see what we could do. Um, <clears throat> a story about. I'm going to fail on this miserably. Now well, I've said well I'm failing out. on trying to come up with something. <laughs> um, a man. Who won the lottery and he went public with like he did the whole ceremony and mm-hmm. everybody saw who he was and everybody coming out of the woodwork asking for money. Okay. Um, I've actually written something like this. Oh, already. really? Um, but it, it was more of a factually based. Well, there was two different ideas. There was, it was going to be Brewster's millions, like a, like an update, but the, it was either going to be a thing where a guy, it would have to be written not now because you can't write stories now because cell phones make everything so easy. Mm-hmm. I was going wanting to write it during the early 80s. This stockbroker, this is a lift from the story, okay? So it's not a lottery winnings, but we're talking about a lot of money. So I think we can still go with that. The story was going to be that a guy embezzles hundreds of millions of dollars from a crooked company and fakes his death and then goes back to his hometown to try to rebuild his town. Like with all that money, that's a that's a poor West Virginia coal mining town, and all these things that were good and bad that would come with that. So that's interesting because you ha- would have the the dichotomy of yes, I'm helping all these people, but why am I actually why why am I actually helping them? Because I want to help them, or because I want to feel loved, or feel like God, or something like that. I want to be the big fish, exactly. So because he went away and got in that law firm because he was nobody when he was in high school and nobody would remember him. So if he goes back and you know pops back up, it's it's so off the grid back then that nobody would. You yeah, know, you could hi- you could disappear back then. That's oh, great. And he could go and like put the money in an account where nobody would know where it's from. But eventually, would they track him? See, I don't know if I'd even have him track him down. I think I would just go with the thing that he would have to deal with the ramifications of having all that money and what his intentions actually were. So you could have him constantly worrying about the FBI trying to track him down. Sure, I mean, and and cut, it, cut to an FBI office where they're like throwing paper airplanes. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you, that would be a good visual gag. Like he's talking to this girl who he used to, was really into, and they're talking, and she, he reveals who he actually is because he doesn't go back there and reveal. He's a he's a new guy in town, and nobody's going to remember him because he was mousy and nobody. So then he pops back up and he tells this girl who he is, and she's just like, "Yeah, I think I remember you." And then they start to have a relationship. Just stare at me in math class, <laughs> something like that. And then that would definitely be a thing. I could feel your eyes burning the back. Of <laughs> and then they have a conversation, and and she's like, "You so you stole all this money?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, aren't you scared?" He's like, well, I, "I think the FBI might be on to it." And then when you cut to the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're they're eating Chinese food playing tic tac toe. Guy's you know, got a he's got a uh, kendama. <laughs> yeah, <China. laughs> that's even better. You're a great gags guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a so, gags guy. So, um, or just comedic in general. Um, so there's juggling. That. Well, guys, uh, the guys in the corner juggling hatchets. <laughs> <laughs> or you could another good idea would be if it's a Brewster Million Brewster's Million type story, an idea where it would be now only a guy wrote like he, he was something that I was going to do myself. He wrote to one of these billionaires and he turns out he just caught the guy on the right day the guy's gonna die and he's and you would have to intercut this the guy hates his life everybody around him sucks i'm talking about the billionaire and they're all just jockeying waiting for his money it's a bunch of entitled fuckers he fucking hates all of them so he gets this note and he's dying of cancer and he's just like the guy's asking he's like if you could give us a fraction of your money to help rebuild my town so we would all have a decent life you know then that would be awesome. And then he just gives them all his money. All of it. Yeah. He just transfer. He finds out what his account is. He's like, transfer all my money into this man's account. And then all the shit that would happen with that, the, the sheer ramifications of having billions of dollars in an area like this and what you'd be able to do and all that's a great story. Um, because you'd have to build a cast of characters that are one of their uniting things is poverty. They don't have enough money to do this. They don't have enough money to do this. They don't, you know, then you could build all their lives, but things also would start to get out of control and all kinds of things. It's the story of be careful what you wish for, because you might actually get it, mm-hmm. but there's also a positive side to it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That, that would be a good story to write. So I like the, idea. I think it, I think it's cheating because I've already written it, but you know. <laughs> have you written all of it? I've got the sketch, the sketch. Well, you haven't written it then. You no, just no, have no. I'm, but I'm talking about that kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise because okay. you wanted to, you wanted something to, I had to write on the spot and it's something that I don't, well, not read. on the spot. Come okay. back next week with a couple pages. Mm-hmm. Come back next week with a couple pages of that. Okay. I encourage you. I'm going to text you and remind you every day. It'll probably be in uh in a screenplay form because I'm actually really good at writing that way. Do it that way then. Yeah. I want stage directions and everything. We'll I, if, it, if it's, if it's on, if it's in screenplay form, it's going to be the eighties one because I can, know, I know all the tropes. I can throw all the music in all the great stuff that we all JMO have. had an idea, which I think we've actually talked about before is writing radio plays, radio dramas or comedies, which that's a great idea. Just, I don't, I'm sure there's something like, I know they do the Batman. Elena has a great voice for radio. And stuff oh yeah. Like that. I mean, she, um, She's really good. I know that radio plays are kind of not radio, but audio plays are coming back a little bit because they have Batman stuff. They have I love that. Stuff. That's one of the few good things I, I, is the is the death of creativity in some sectors and this new blossom of creativity in others. Like the creativity is now spreading out to regular people because they have access to things to finally tap all that all those resources that they were never able to do anything with because you it was really difficult to go down a creative route because it was hard to get. 
get there. You know what I mean? Like you had to go to an art institute and do this. Now you can just do it because we have all these things at our disposal that most of them are free. I've learned so, more about music in the last year. Um, just by watching people's videos on YouTube, yes. instead of just watching dumb mindless shit, yeah. I've taken 20 minutes a day or however much to watch stuff about music theory. And now I know a little bit more about this thing I've been doing for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, I know what goes with what, what doesn't go with what, when you should break the rules, when the rules apply, whatever. Right. Um, and I think it's made me better at, uh, writing. Well, it's like the thing with story, like going with the critical drinker and understanding and starting to get into the things that I was talking about. One of the things that's most exciting for me is when I see a video and I know what he's going to say, because I know that's the the creative route. It's got to, it's, a, it, it should take, you know what I mean? He's been cautiously optimistic about the last of us so far. He has, he doesn't like Bella Ramsey at all. He thinks that she can't act. I thought she did a very good job this week. She did. This week, she was especially good, I thought. But one thing that I noticed that I'm going to – it's one of my things I have to change is I'm still comparing her to Ashley Johnson. Yeah. That's not fair because Ashley Johnson is – acting for 30-some years. Well, no, not only that, but Ashley Johnson is a different kind of Ellie. Mm -hmm. Ashley Johnson is, is in in a sense, a more warm Ellie that's more – but that's also more world-wise. She – this Ellie is a kid. I mean, she just – you know, she, the the time it hits me most is she she sometimes resembles resembles Annie, and it you know not often because Annie's a pretty girl and Bell Ram I'm sorry she's a, Bell Ram's not very pretty it's very plain yeah but her mannerisms porridge face they have this they have the same mannerisms sometimes and so t- and that that one where she was scared and she I just bawled crying because I'm imagining. When, was when she had to crawl through the wall. Oh yeah, and I I get why they changed it to Kansas City instead of Pittsburgh, but I love Pittsburgh. That's one of my favorite parts of the game. In the game, what do they do in Pittsburgh? Is it the same thing? It's the same thing. What happens is, is that uh, they didn't invent a character for Melanie Linsky out of nowhere. Who Melanie Linsky, the leader of that group? In I Kansas actually City. kind of like her. She I did, thought I thought she it was did fun. really well. Um, she's very marmish to be controlling a group of men like that. I don't know what her hold she has on the man is. Her main guy was in the game. The guy with the kind of longish gray hair and the gray beard dressed tactical. Wait a second. He was one of the guys in the game. That's wait a second. That's Troy Baker. No, I don't think that was Troy Baker. Is it not? I think he played a secondary or tertiary character. Okay. I was getting ready to say, holy shit. If I miss Troy Baker, then I'm going to be fucked because I'm a big Troy Baker mark. So, <laughs> Sorry, that just <laughs> that just caught me. <laughs> fucking obscurest vinyl sometimes really fucking kills it. Should be able to scroll through here and find out who's who. Oh, look at that! I love Anna Torf. She only made it two episodes, but she's tremendous. What's happening here? It's Annie oh, Valentine's. Okay, Annie and Colin. I don't know Colin. Colin's her, her boyfriend. He's a really, I don't like he, him. He's a really good kid. I don't. Jeffrey Pierce. Okay. He, he played Perry, which is her her main man. Well, let's see who Jeffrey Pierce played in the game. He might have played. Uh, he did. He might have played Bill. That's who I think's the. Okay, last of his part. Tommy. He was Tommy. Oh, nice. Yeah, in part two he was Tommy. I'm guessing part one as well. Oh yeah, definitely same guy. But the crazy thing about it is that Gabriel Luna sounds just fucking like him. You can tell. That Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna. Who's, he plays Tommy in the show. Okay. I haven't seen Tommy yet then. No, he was in the first episode. 
Was he? Yeah, he. They got in the car together, and he shot the cop. Oh, and, his brother. Yeah, the soldier. Yeah, that's Tommy. He, him, and Pedro Pascal both sat down and watched those games, and maybe even played them to try to get, or maybe just watch videos on YouTube. I was thinking Gabriel Luna was a different guy. Like, there's another Spanish e actor. I think it's the guy that looks like Paul McCartney a little bit. That's in. Um, I th- yeah, I know who you're talking about. The new Star Wars show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but there's also another guy who played a young Che Guevara in the, the Motorcycle Diaries. Yes. Did you ever see it? No. It's fucking tremendous. I actually read that book. So, um, yeah, Gabriel of course, like every other, at one point, really left-leaning kid, I was heavily into Che Guevara and thought that he's, there's nothing great about him other than the fact that he was willing to fight to for his ideals and his principles. That doesn't make him any less of a murderer. It doesn't make him any less of a... You know, he killed gay people. He killed, you know, Lots. He, he was a fucking, he, and he's a bloodthirsty motherfucker in a lot of ways. That doesn't, Castro originally, his intentions were good. I, I think that the thing in Cuba, Cuba, Cuba is so complicated is because we see it from our safe shore over here. Well, that's a bunch of insurrectionists and, and revolutionaries and all kinds of stuff. Like, no, man, these people were living in a, in this dystopian, even back then, this, this hellscape of fucking, um, yeah, avarice and fucking just, uh, last, last time I did this, I said it, we treated it as Westworld. We really did. And yeah. the people's lives didn't mean anything. So just like the robots, like you said, and, um, and debauchery and all these things. And, you know, and anything was on order. You could get anything. And that means kids, you know, all kinds of stuff. So these fucking piece of shit, wealthy sack of shit motherfuckers would go over there and and live out their most awful fucking fantasies and have these people's backs to step on and all kinds of stuff. And finally, they just had enough. And they said, we want you fuckers out of our country. And so why wouldn't they hate all the things that capitalism stands for when, they, when it did that to them? Mm-hmm. You know, I, don't, I think capitalism is a great system. I think it's it works, but I do think that sometimes in those instances it grounds people up and they and they shouldn't like it. It's it's benefited well. It's benefited us some ways here in Appalachia. We get stepped on as well. We always have, and we we mine the coal out and throw our, our lives ending at forty years old to go dig the black rock out of the ground so we can make the steel to build all the buildings and all that stuff, and not get paid in American money. You know, we we tasted a bit of that. You know. Um, not as bad as slaves did and things like that. That's no, it was worse. That, that whole argument is crazy. <laughs> what people try to say, well, we do. it's like, no, man, it's, it was bad, but it's not that. So um, that is the dark side of capitalism. But, you know, the light side of it is that it helps lots of people and can really, I just, this un, unfettered capitalism where, you know, they just unapologetically say, fuck you, we're not paying any taxes and there's nothing you can do to us and all kinds of stuff. These people who have the power of despots and they do whatever they want. So. Mm. You want to do favorite things? Yes.
everything. Um, well, well, there's a few things. Um, I finished, uh, well, the biggest thing this week is, uh, the fact that I've, the, the weight training and the uh, other training I've been stepping into, I finally broken myself of the, the foot on my neck that was keeping a schedule all the time because things have to be done on this day and have to be done on this day. I wasn't getting enough rest. I wasn't, you know, it just wasn't. So, um, I decided to just improvise as I go. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing, cut down the amount of time and exercises that I do and just stick to some core stuff. And that includes now chin ups and dips being my main bread and butter squats and deadlifts, you know, squatting and deadlifting heavy again, which I love. Um, and also boxing, like hitting the heavy bag, 600 punches. When I, when I throw punches, I throw 600. Nice. So it's 150 jabs each hand, 150 hooks each hand. And are you bringing in, are you comboing or just one? Just straights, straights to get the, to, to get the moment, to get the movement down. Um, I always thought a left hook was my best punch. It isn't. It's a straight, straight left. That's just got everything behind it. And that, man, when you hit that speed bag, you know when you've thrown a punch that would fuck somebody up. Mm-hmm. And I just had, I'm in there throwing bombs with that left hand. Like, wham, and you hear it fucking, you know, shakes the whole fucking. It's one of the more effective strikes in mar- mixed martial arts. And you know, I, I need it for the street. Like, I just want to protect my family and protect myself. So I've got the, the right jab, which really doesn't have a lot on it. It has enough to stagger you back, but then it's just setting you up. And if I could hook combo left to the body, left to the fu- left to the head, bang bang, and just fucking it, that's going to end ninety percent of all fights. You You've know, seen so. um, <clears throat> Deontay Wilder's highlight real knockouts, all that stuff. Yeah, his main punch sets him up with a jab, and it's a straight left. Yes, or right, maybe straight right. Yeah, he's he's, he's a right. He's a right. But straight punches. Mm-hmm. Usually, I mean, you'll see some hooks every now and then. Usually, the hook leads to the straight. Right. After the hook, you know, the hook is a very devastating punch in the hands of a right of the right person. Yeah. For one thing, it's thrown differently. You're all you're always thrown from the hip, but one of the reasons the hook is so much more, at least in my experience, I'm try, I, I, I'm talking from an amateur standpoint here. Mm-hmm. But the thing I've noticed is that with the left hook, you have to load it up some. So if you're fighting somebody who knows what you're going to do and they see you loading it up, you know they're going to be able to draw you. But ninety nine percent of people in the street aren't going to know you're loading it up. Because it's just there's things happen too quickly. I want to be able to throw two punches and knock somebody out and get the threat over with. Somebody's threatening my wife or you know eventual wife and you know my daughter or something like that and my fa- and my family my in my immediate family or the family in law things like that. You know I want to be able to end it right then. So you know that's the reason I'm training and it's another one of those things. I think I definitely have an instinct for it. And could have been good at it, but I just didn't start it early enough. So now I'm just going to do what I can with it. Now you could do uh, rough and rowdies. No, I'm too old for that. No, you're not. No. Rough and rowdy doesn't have an age limit. Does not. No. Oh God, but I you fight some real fatty boom baddies. <laughs> and thing too. Uh, but I, I would want to go in there just wanting to fucking you know ringer somebody or but I, but there's people that and that's not that's not street fighting either because you're just throwing at each other. It's you know? mostly flailing. Exactly. 
And then you I get mean, some you people that are good. Do a little bit of this and then, you know, lay somebody out. But um, I just love throwing punches. It's the most liberating. And also that feeling of confidence. Finally, now, I always knew I could hit hard. But now that I do it often and see what I can do to the bag and all that stuff, I know I can hit hard. So it's very liberating. There so. are quite a bit of good fighters that get in the rough and rowdy. Yeah. But there's also... Trying to find my, one of my buddies was in it a couple of years ago. He's a wrestler. Did he get killed? It was just two two big fellas just flailing punches just at each other. At each other. Yeah. This is a like looks like a real guy though. Oh yeah. Rough and Rowdy is a bar stool event now. Uh, there was a time when Bill Burr would come in and do commentary for him. Really? Yeah, and they come to West Virginia often. Bill Burr comes here. Um, no, Rough and Rowdy comes to West Virginia. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think Rough and Rowdy originated here, but I'm I think sure. I'm pretty. It sounds it's something that would. It's almost yeah. very Irish Gypsy ish. That that's a good shot though. <laughs> and they have the sluts. The sluts. <laughs> Kyle Jewish Tyson, Tyson Berkowitz. I eat ass. See, I mean, these guys have some shots, but that was a good shot. There's, oh, Jesus. Just giving him. The bald guy's not a fighter. No. You can see by the other guy the way he dragged, but he's just not very good. Like he, he's, he's had some training. Yeah. The way he's got his head, the way he's guarding, he, you can tell. The, well, the big guy's tucking his chin. Yeah. I've noticed that's a big. But whenever he's backing up, he puts his head way back here, which is just inviting one. Exactly. That's and time to throw that hook. If you throw it in their ear hole and you turn like you're throwing, like you're gonna, like you're holding a beer stein, fucking catch him, man, you can you can kill somebody that way. I plan on it. <laughs> but this is most of like most of what you see at Rough and Rally is way less skilled than those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not encouraging you to do it, but if you do it, well, I, want I want to be your needs, corner I would need man. Lots of training. I would want I mean, to be your corner man. Three one-minute rounds, you can do that. Well, hell, I throw 600 punches without stopping. Like, and I, then stuff like this ends up on rough and rowdy. You already fucking knew that. It's me, Robert Waters. Roger, fucking cry me a river, Waters. All right, so we got King. ah midgets. Our music is all inspired. Oh no, we want to hear the music. I'm a guitar player. I can't. I think these little fellows have trained. Definitely. Smidge. Okay, I've seen enough. <laughs> um, other favorite things. Um, I just... Received a copy of, uh, I paid $5 for a hardcover copy of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Fuck yeah. All the, all the five books in one. It's like this. It's the full. And by the way, if you get a chance. The British version? Yes. You've told from me. 1980 or 1981. You really have to watch it. it I have to? Well, it's so good. I'll not be told what to do by a white man. <laughs> um. It's that's the reason I got the book, because the humor is so 
fucking tremendous. Like the the whole thing where um, they have the babel fish or the babble fish where you stick it in your ear and it takes in psychic waves and then the it secretes a a matrix where you can understand whatever language when anybody's speaking it doesn't matter. And people Gotta have that now. Well, no, no, no. The the funny joke is is that um it's the thing that most led to the destruction of God because God said, without faith, I am nothing. But then, but then man said, well, but the Babel fish is a dead giveaway, isn't it? Cause something so improbable can't exist without a creator. He's like, and you said, so that proves you exist. So therefore, yeah, fa- something can't both exist on faith and with proof. So, and then God says, "Oh dear," and vanishes in a pl- in, in a uh, in a cloud of logic. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the jokes, and they, it's so. And the thing about it is, the graphics on it, the this, the special effects are what they are, you know. But the the animated graphics and stuff are so good and so entertaining that it's. It is the, it is if if I was going to tell somebody to watch that, I was like, do not bother with the movie with Most Def and Martin Freeman, even though they're both fine. I don't think Most Def was very good at all, honestly, um, and not because I think that he took on a role that he shouldn't have taken because he's not Ford Prefect. Ford Prefect was in England, therefore he has to mi- mi- he has to mix with English people. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a comedy science fiction franchise created by Douglas Adams, originally a 78 radio comedy broadcast. That's yeah, kind of fun. It is. They, they've actually got all of it, I think, on YouTube. So um, I'm trying to find out where I can watch the original. It was a series, right? Yes. I've got it on my Amazon. Mm. Like, let's see if I can punch up that the joke about the God and the cloud of logic. I believe it's on Hulu, at least. No, that's the movie. Screenshots didn't look like something from 2005. I'll tell you that Well, shit, I've lost it already. Mm -hmm. Here's the the Hulu advertisement. That looks like 1978 or 1980. Oh yeah, okay. That's on. That's on uh, Hulu. Yeah, it's on the Disney bundle. Oh, here we go. I might have to the oddest it. thing in the universe. You wanted a billion. God damn it! Even this. Hey man, pay the nine dollars a month to YouTube. All right, whatever. What do you expect me to do with that? Stick it in your ear. What? It's only a little one. Listen, that's that. Listen, that's important. What? Hold on. It's the Vogue on Captain. I just want to make it totally very lucky. I might. What are you doing? Like this? What's happening? Babelfish is small, yellow, leech-like, and probably the oddest thing in the universe. It feeds on brainwave energy. Absorbing all unconscious frequencies and then excreting telepathically a matrix formed from the conscious frequencies and nerve signals picked up from the speech centers of the brain. The practical upshot of which is that if you stick one in your ear, you instantly understand anything said to you in any form of language. The speech you hear decodes the brainwave matrix. Now, it is such a bizarrely improbable coincidence that anything so mind-bogglingly useful could evolve purely by chance that many thinkers have chosen to see it as a final and clinching proof 
of the non-existence of God. The argument runs something like this. I refuse to prove that I exist, says God. For proof denies faith, and without faith, I'm nothing. <laughs> but, says man, the Babelfish is a dead giveaway, isn't it? It proves you exist, and so therefore you don't. QED. Oh dear, says God, I hadn't thought of that. And promptly vanishes in a puff of <laughs> It's and then the whole thing is like that. Like it's, um. Plus, they actually w- took the. Don't get me wrong, man. I, one of the guys we talked about on here that I think we're all big fan of actors is Sam Rockwell, and Sam Rockwell played Zaphod Beeblebrox, who is the president of the universe or the, of the galaxy. But the only job the president of the galaxy has is to distract people. So the galaxy can get down to the business it needs to fucking. In other words, it's our president. Mm-hmm. So, but even back back then, that was a very revolutionary and cynical concept. In the movie, in the book, he has two heads. Like, so in the nineteen eighty one show, they built an animatronic <laughs> head, and it doesn't look bad at all. Like it sits there and it'll make faces every now and then, and sometimes they'll dub in a little bit of talking. And then he has a third arm. In the movie, Sam Rockwell probably say fought Beeblebrox. And they just sometimes had him when his head would pop up and another head would. I was like, no, man. Make it how it is. I understand you want to adapt it and all those things. That's fine. But they should have just taken what they saw in the 1981 version. The one that everybody knows and loves. They go, all right, we're going to update this because this is perfect. But it just looks a little dated cast people that are type you know all those things they did cast somebody that i i knew would have been a good casting even had i not seen her in it in the movie to begin with there's uh trillion is is the girl that's with zaphod and it's zoe deschanel so yeah she's great yeah and so she's obviously a good choice for a galaxy hopping kind of airheadish you know kind of character so um who's also smart though at the same time i've always had a such a crush on her since i saw her almost famous yeah and she's great i mean she's great in everything but um and then they have marvin and then the robot the robot looked really cool in the movie like he's very it's it's warwick davis and of course he's um most f is great i like him in so many things but he just didn't fit in that movie because he's black. Exactly. I knew the reason I, I did that. The reason I did it. Cause I knew you were, let's just get it out of the way. That's not it. Um, his, his American accent worked against him. Oh yeah. So yeah. they need to just cast a Brit. If you want to cast a black guy, great. I don't care. Of course, nobody cares. But if you had cast a Brit, Some like a, people care there, they're, they suck. <laughs> they're full of shit. But why do they care about that? For something like that? I don't know, but like, I can see why people get upset with like the Lord of the Rings stuff or yeah, they do have a, a an I can see, I can see consternation about um, dance with, or the dance with dragon show uh, house of the dragon until, until that's explained. It's explained and he's awesome. Exactly. Once that you're like, okay, well this guy fucking rules. Right. I hope that, I hope they do that series with him. They're not, the it's already prequel. canceled, man, 10,000 chips. No, the seven, the, uh, the seven nine event, voyages, the nine voyages of the sea serpent. No, they're not yeah. doing it. Um, That's they, they are, they're doing Dunkin' Egg. That's enough for me. That is going to happen. Yes. Um, and I, I, th- I think they're going to continue doing house of dragon lore and stories. Even if they just do a movie every couple of years or a three episode arc every mm-hmm. couple of years with like, here's the, uh, 
The Conquering of Westeros. There you go. Three episodes, Henry Cavill. Sure. Just do that. I think that some entertainment might start moving that way. Where we just they break out of the strictures of the show or the long form thing. Like, hey, why don't we just do a twenty? Become more British, huh? Become more British. They have series that are only like four episodes, and that's it. Right. They just want to tell the story. Yeah. They they don't feel well. This has to be this story. They're like, well, no, we can t- we can do a twenty minute thing where this this is the people we cast and they're great and they want to be in it because they love it and they sh- they could be mega famous, but they couldn't be. But even if they are mega famous, they're doing it because they love it. You know. One of the best things I've ever seen when it comes to that is that uh, fake crocodile Dundee thing they did with. Yeah. The, it was everybody in it from Aust- from Australia was in it. Russell Crowe was in it. The the Hem- Chris Hemsworth was in it. Margot Robbie was in you it. Know you know, put that together. Who? I think it was the Australia Tourism Board. They. It was fucking wonderful. I mean. Let me pull that up. Uh, Guy Pierce, I think, was in it. Um. Hugh Jackman was in it. You know, c- come on, who doesn't? I-, I-, I think some of these celebrities get so up their own asses that they can't do something for like little to no pay. Like, how much money do you need to do one thing that you have all the money you could ever spend? And, you know, is it that bad of a thing to not get paid, to get paid scale and something like that that's, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I love it. I thought it was great. And I thought it was a real thing and I got really excited. But, I think um, it would have been Crocodile Dundee 4, wouldn't it? I think so. Okay, it's from a few years ago. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Brian Dundee? Yep. They really made it seem like it was going to be a real movie. They really did, man. Really? Why do you keep saying really? You're all there, mate? Nothing to see here, man. Just getting a clean shave with my machete. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Barry. You know, when your dad did it, he was he was much. Okay, and when my dad told me about this, he was just like, yeah, I just came up and he did this, okay? I just don't think he can see you from back here. <laughs> Not a lot of crocs out here, huh? Just 37,000 miles of pristine, beautiful beach, mate. Did you know that Australia makes some of the finest wines in the entire world? No, I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> very much. That's when they committed to the fact that it was a, an actual... This isn't a movie. There we go. No. It's a tourism ad for Australia. Yes. But listen, you're the best crocodile Dundee since Crocodile Dundee. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> and we had it was pretty sweet. I'd love there, to go there, to Australia. But before they did that, yeah, there was one where they didn't Dude, I do that. They didn't let you in on the joke. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that they had to do that because people were like, really like, when is this coming out? And, the, and then they was it got too big. Yeah, I think this is the one. I'd love to go to Australia. Um, it looks like a cool place. Just hot. Good day, losers. Yo, where the kangaroos at? Brian Dundee? Yep. Really? Yeah. Really? Why do you keep saying really? Why wouldn't they make this now that everybody got pumped for it? Um, because now it's been built up too much. What do you mean Dundee's lost in the outback? He is the outback. <laughs> Nobody talks about Mick like that. 
Careful with that knife, mate. It's pretty sharp. A knife? How big? What do you mean there's two of them? <laughs> I'm back whale give birth. <laughs> it's the other Hemsworth. It's a bloodbath. <laughs> Isla Fisher. Yeah, when your dad did it, he was he was much. Okay, and well, my dad told me about this. He was just like, yeah, I just came up and he did this. Okay? okay, I just don't think he can see you from back here. I don't just own this newspaper, son. <laughs> and this country. <laughs> and Dundee's gonna learn who the most dangerous animal in Australia is. It's me. Whatever. <laughs> I love it. Ruby Rose, I've seen her in just a few things. She was in uh, John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Bat Woman for a minute. Then so she quit and they got a black girl and didn't. Maybe they didn't explain it. I didn't watch the show. But apparently that show sucks. I don't want to turn it off because something awesome might happen. It's just it's Ooh, a such, didgeridoo. It's such a great idea. Is that an Arx? Come on, no. Oryx? Oryx are in, they're extinct. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Oryx are extinct. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> they really are. You can't speak when I'm doing this. They were uh, they're na- they were native to Europe. Between me and the beast. Okay. I do want to They're trying to bring them back. There are str- I think they are trying to bring there them back. There are strains of auric that's that that of cows that have auric blood, like the Brahma cow and stuff like that have auric blood in them. The is an extinct cattle species considered to be the wild ancestor of modern domestic cattle. I guess that's what they think they look like. Well, no, there's actually a uh there's one in a in a uh museum that's there was an aurochs up Man. until the 1800s. Like they died. So it's possible they do have pictures of them. Yeah. Wow, they're gigantic. And who was it that rode Norix in Game of Thrones? The giants rode ride Oryx. No, no, they rode mammoths. Mammoths. Ooh. The, 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 oh, it's cold hands. No, he rides an elk. Elk. No, he rides an Oryx. I could have sworn I heard somebody say they were. Oh, uh, might have been. Well, like, might it, no. I think you know who an old might, Nan story. No, no, no. You know who it might have been? It might have been when they're describing all the river clans. I mean, all the. Uh, River clans. The bog people. No, the no, they wouldn't have arcs there. It's it's much too swampy. Um, they're describing all the uh, the free folk oh, passing yeah. through the mountain and stuff, and some of them probably were riding arcs or or at least leading them or having pull pull their sledges or whatever. So that's probably where it came from. Yeah, I think that's what it is now. That I think about it. That was one of the most awesome parts of the book. You haven't gotten to that though. Probably not. That's in Dance that's in Dance Dragons. It. I'm enjoying it very much. Man, Feast for Crows is a great book. It's a little different. It is. Because there's it's chapters slow, by slower. like, there's chapters, um, they don't even really give you a name. It's just like the queen maker. And like, I'm assuming that's going to be that lady's only chapter. The queen maker. She's one of Doran Martell's daughters. And she's trying to crown. Uh, oh, Cersei's that's daughter. Arianne. It's Arianne yeah. Martell. Yeah. That's when they start fucking around with Dark Star. Yeah. And, uh, you don't fuck around with Dark Star. He. He had one of the best quotes. He said, uh, they call him a sword of the morning, but I'm Dark Star and I'm of the night. And he had that fucking, he pulled that sword out. It might have been Valyrian steel, but it was fucking, you know. See, I think it said, 
in the book that it seemed to take any light away <laughs> from, yeah. from the earth. Yeah. <sighs> I like the fact that Dawn was forged from a fault from a meteor. It's not Valyrian steel. It's just that's what the most one of the most fascinating families in Westeros is the are the uh Danes. They're the Danes. Because they're ancient. They're they're as ancient as Valyria itself, but they're not Valyrian. I so, feel like we're going to hear from them in the last installments. They might have a part to play. Is uh, What's-Her-Face still alive by the end of Dance? Um, well, she's not a Dane. Never mind. Who? Uh, the girl that went with Bran. Mira? Mira. She's Reed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Reeds. There is an interesting story about, now that you mention it, that the guy, that the... Uh, the guy we always watch, who who we love, who knows everything about Westeros, his oh yeah, his his the breadth of his information about Game of Thrones is intimidating. But mm-hmm. he, he was talking about how Ashara Dane was in love with Helen Reed, and how they how Ashara Dane faked her death to go be with Helen Reed, and that's why we never see Helen Reed anymore. And not only that, but. That the Danes were going to be targeted as loyalists um, to either Eris or something, and they and they had to disappear. So Ashar Dane, they they cobbled together a story of Ned and Ashara, and they tried to I don't even know with Ned's permission try to explain her death by she fell in love with Ned and she might be the actual mother of John. Threw herself out the window. But it turns out she never threw herself out the window. She just ran away with Howland Reed and moved to Greywater Watch, and now nobody ever sees her again. Jojen and Mira are her kids, I'm guessing. I never even put that one together. It's a possibility that they are Ashardane's uh, children. Now, neither one of them have purple eyes. And I, from what I can gather, well, no, because that's with the Valyrians. The Valyrians, the, the Danes are not Valyrian. So, yeah. um, I don't know the Valyrian traits that seem to even override um, traits in our world would be African, which would be dominant is interesting. They override, you know, and only sometimes like Roberts. um, No, but they weren't. I'm trying to think of another. There's other Baratheons that that had that were mated with Targaryens that produced black headed that produced black headed babies. Mm-hmm. They didn't produce silver headed babies. So it's but it's well, all but it's all a matter of convenience. Well, in the book, uh, the aunt who bursts through the floor on her dragon in uh, House of Dragons, yes, she's um, black black headed, and yep. her mother is a Baratheon. Yes, hmm. I don't like the fact that they made her. Whiteheaded on it. I think yeah, they should have made. They should have just kept it the way it was. Yeah, maybe that's that's a um, a consequence of them sort of not trusting the audience to to know that she's a Targaryen and a Baratheon. Mm-hmm. They need everybody to have the white hair. Sure, I get it. But I would have known. You would have known. The sure. people that read the stuff would have known. Yeah, but your casual. Yeah. Your casual fan isn't going to know. But then that's where they have people around them to explain that. Yeah. That's part of the fun. Like you could have a scene where a little kid is walking by. If she's a Targaryen, why isn't her hair white like everyone else's? Like, well, her father was a Baratheon. Or her no, mother- or yes. Or you could have a story where they're having a heart to heart story. And she said, I, you know, I thought 
At one point, I thought I wasn't a Targaryen because of my black hair. And it also would have made the, um, in the show, it would have made the um, the doubt of whether... Uh, Strong bone, uh, break bones kids. Yeah, were uh, actually... Um, I forget the kid's name. The kid that faked his death. Yeah. They were his or not. Mm-hmm. Because, well, his mom had black hair, you know? Right. So they could have done it that way. Mm-hmm. But whatever. It's a small part of the story. One of the kids is already dead. Who gives a shit? It's already a great... I mean, it's a great show. I can't wait for season two, but we have to wait another entire year for that shit. Yeah, I think they start filming in a couple weeks. Nice. I'm pretty excited. I enjoy it. Good, it's crazy how good story now has become the... The thing people are going to fever pitch about. Invincible. We haven't discussed that. The teaser trailer for Invincible. I think we did a couple weeks ago. I don't know if we did. I think that we were going to and didn't. But it's great. And I know, man, I am so... I'm really hoping they're going to work Battle Beast into this season. There we go. <laughs> Alan the alien. Mm. Did you find Orac? Yeah, I'm sure did. Bad, Mark, you're not just invincible. You're also like Earth's best food cooking man. Pretty impressive. What? He oh, becomes no, I, I just super powerful. I the make food. Alan does um, because I'm also constructive criticism. Do not put these green things in here. These are gross. Yeah. Um, hey, so I like the fact that it's. Really, apparently, yeah, looks like it's it. animated the uh, old style way, yeah. ink and paint. Yellow skies, purple grass, and get this, they have burgers there too, just like these. Who would have guessed, huh? You never found it, right? No. Nope, <laughs> not even close. I hope they're okay. I think about them quite a bit, honestly. But uh, how about you? What have you been up to? It's been a while. I think everyone agrees. <laughs> I love that they did this. A little ridiculous how long it's been. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? Well, I've been busy writing, designing, storyboarding, voice acting, key posing, in betweening, cleaning up, color slapping, comping the whole thing and all that for, you know, roughly thousands of shots. So it's kind of a lot. I guess that proves that they do do it the old way. Sure. Yeah. Although like 90% of that, if I'm being honest, sounds completely made up. But the real question is, when are you going back out there? The world needs more Invincible. Oh, it's coming, okay? Hey! Yeah, I know, but like a specific date would be nice. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. The world will get more invincible in uh, late 2023. All right, okay, I'll take it. Late 2023. Perfect, sure. <laughs> so 2023, is that like one of your years? You know, our planets, they all have different systems of keeping track of time. Like, they go around their stars at different speeds, but the way you said that number makes it sound soon. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love... Here's a, a new rock star is breaking down the teaser trailer to... Like, they read the little script part and zoomed in on it. So you, oh, man. <laughs> it's so crazy. I'll, I know it is. I mean, I guess I get it. I do the same thing. I well, I mean, anybody who's read the comic, I paused knows what's like for The Last of Us this week. Whenever they were walking by that movie theater, I paused it and it was, walked up, and it, it was, was Underworld, Underworld and, and Mystic Men. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to. Yeah. I love the shit like that. It's the best. If it would have had the wrong uh, a movie that wasn't out at that time on there, totally I like, well, it. I just quit watching this show now. Well, it's I mean, over. it's like the thing where they had um, in the game where you're in. Uh, 
Seattle. I think it's yeah, it's Seattle. Maybe it isn't Seattle. I don't remember. I haven't played. But anywho, you're in the second game and you go into a music store and they have the Pearl Jam album hanging, oh, yeah. hanging on the wall. Okay, I and saw it that. is time and it is year appropriate. Yeah, because it was. It would have been binaural then. It had a really weird kind of almost hand-looking thing on the front of it. Yeah. And um, I think that the song that Joel sings at the beginning might be from that album. Um, It's from a different album, I believe. It has one of the best scenes in it, though, is uh, I'm going to play some of that. Just because I love the, the show, but to me, the definitive version of The Last of Us will always be the game. But you have this scene um, where Ellie sings Take On Me. Okay. There's this. This is a Pearl Jam song that came out around that time. That's the one. That is definitely the one. In the shoe. That's so... You know how how good the graphics are? Is that I actually thought that was a person playing from this distance. And I've played the game before, of course. In the... Game, what year was it when everything went to shit? 2013. That's the that's the year it set in when everything went to shit? I think so. 2013? The I game think. came out in 2012, right? I thought it was like in the mid-2000s. Might be 2007, maybe. Because this song came out in like 2004 or 5, 6. This is a great song. It is. They're going to have to change the song in the game Yeah they will Let's see Last of Us Game year Joel could play Yeah he could He was pretty good Um, What year Is it set in I can't I don't know. Here, let me play this real quick. We're gonna. Have I'm a screen. We're gonna have an ad, of course. And if I'm not posting on social media, I don't feel seen. Oh my God, Mom, you gotta. No, look at this. keeping my eyes on the road is paying off with Drivewise. Boring. Get Drivewise from all states, save for. That guy was in John Wick and didn't really do much else. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Ashley Johnson has a pretty good voice too. I don't know what I'm to say, I'll say It's beautiful, it's a beautiful scene. I like the fact that you can see Dina's face mm-hmm. and you just know she loves her. You know, that's how good the expressions are. That's just, man. Okay, so the game is set in 2033. Right, so that's so, 20 years. That'd be 2013. I was right the first time. Yeah. Yep. It's wild. I wonder why they changed it. To be well, 20. they said it the year the game was released. They said that that was the year that civilization ended. Okay. So they wanted to have some reference points from our time to do 20 years in the future. One of the coolest things is, is that 
there are PlayStation 3s mm-hmm. all over the place. I wonder why they didn't, why um, the show said it in current time instead of. I think to more. And had it, everything go to shit. I think it'd make it more relatable so it doesn't look like something that's like. Well, this is futuristic. And why isn't it futuristic? It's in the future. It's like, no, things collapsed. So you see what I'm getting at? Okay. So um, people say 2033. Well, you know what? Ha- and then the, you have to make, you have to go through that whole fucking bullshit to try to explain it to people who yeah. just aren't going to understand. Um, it was a good choice. Um, I, I I think the game, the, the way they're doing the bloaters is frankly terrifying in the show yeah i haven't seen them yet you didn't see that when they go walk into oh that room. Yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah, a bloater yeah. okay that thing is lurking under there and it apparently i think what it might be is um the fungus has just strengthened this one person that might be the central node of the virus and it gets that much bigger and stronger, draws on the strength of everybody else and makes it gets some superhuman strength. Bloaters can rip your head. Like there's one part of the game. If they catch you, they'll kill you. Like, you know, before you play again, it's like you game over, but you get to play again. Well, they'll just reach in and rip somebody's head right off their jaw. Hmm. Like that's how strong they are. That's pretty neat. Um, they're terrifying. They're almost unstoppable. They, um, not terribly fast, but they don't need to be. Um, in the game, they throw spores off themselves. Like, they'll crap something off their own throat at you. Um, we were discussing, though, um, me and Cole, who... I was actually proud of a lot of people for being from around here who aren't sometimes, let's just be honest, the, the most, not most progressive mindset, but still recognizing that the story of Bill and Frank was a beautiful love story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was actually proud of a lot of people that I thought would be like, oh, that gay stuff. There was some of that, but it didn't destroy how they felt about the show. Yeah. It's a weird dichotomy. It's just like, oh, it was a nice, it was a nice episode and, it, you know, all that stuff. He's just like, you know, the, when they were kissing and stuff, that's a little bit much. I'm like, well, man, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm, as far as socially goes, I'm pretty fucking progressive, but I was like, oh, come on. Especially when, not the kissing, but when he started going down on him. Right. Like, that's, okay. it, well, but we're of that generation. So, yeah. Um, and even, even, masturbating. even for me, I was just like, <sighs> I don't like straight people kissing that much either in movies. I don't, I really don't care. Like it doesn't, but me and Annie were talking and I think this is a good point. There's going to come a time and this is actually a step in that direction. And again, Neil Druckmann being ahead of the curve on near virtually everything he does. Cause he's fucking brilliant. Um, where sexuality no longer becomes what the character is. Well, who are you? I'm gay. Okay. Who are you? I'm gay. That's not who you are. Yeah. That's who you prefer in bed. Tell me who you are or show me who you are. Your strengths, weaknesses, what you like, what you don't, all those things. Your sexuality is no longer a fucking issue. That was the least important thing about exactly. Bill. Exactly. And Frank was that. Um, you st- too often you see that is the central main point. Right. And online you see people making the central main point of their um, social medias. Like, I'm gay. And, okay. Fine. Like, who cares? What else? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> you know? Do you like, 
coffee? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Can you not get up without your coffee in the morning? I found the most fucking low hanging fruit I could. <laughs> Are you I mean, I can't nightmare? if I can't get my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. No, and I uh, and I was trying to stress. I was just like, because that's a very, in a sense, revolutionary way of thinking. Because it's like. I'm giving you what you want, which is, and and something that I want as well, which is that sexuality is no longer an issue. It's as your your sexuality is now as much an issue as mine. It doesn't fucking matter. It matters what else you do, because he never sees MMA. I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? That's not an identity. It is not. So now you being gay is not an identity. It is, and it is sliding that way. And oddly enough, there's a few people out there who don't want that to happen who are that because that's all they've got. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? They've leaned on that for so much that, well, this is who I am. Like, yeah, but I want to like you for other things and other who you, other than who you choose to sleep with or even be with, whatever. Yeah. You know? A lot of people, and especially characters in shows and movies and stuff, that's the only personality point that they have. Exactly. Is that they're gay or trans or non-binary it's all like all they talk about on social media and if those characters happen to be in shows exactly and it's just not that important it isn't and oddly enough they would be insulted by that saying i'm insulting you and i'm like i'm giving you what you want i'm giving you what all who are your ally in society wants which is for your sexuality to no longer be an issue yeah and I don't want it to be an issue neither against or for, because if it's for, then people are still going to be against, if that makes any sense. It does. So, you know, we need for even people who are like from this background, who two guys who maybe work in a coal mine are gay and nobody gives a shit because that's just the thing now. I don't think that's ever going to happen, really. I'm sure there's plenty of gay guys that work in coal mines. Sure, but but say much about. But no, they're not open with it. But I'm saying, will there ever be a time in this backdrop where that will be okay? I wish that would happen because then a lot of people who have to live that life would be a lot happier. But at the same time, it's like again with the people we talked about, the people who they didn't do that on dope sick either. Yeah, they they did. They were very good at that by defining um, Bess. Not by her sexuality. That was almost a minor part of her character. That was a very minor part of her character. Can't remember who Bess is. Bess is the girl who worked on the coal mine who got hurt. Oh, it's Bets. Yeah. Bets, I mean. Yeah, she's great. And the thing about her was she was a hard worker. She came from a Christian house who didn't accept her sexuality. So in a sense, it was about that. But it was handled so skillfully. If it's worked into the story and it becomes an issue, that's one thing. If it's what you are and you have nothing else to offer me, then I don't care about your character. So, you know. Yeah, fuck it. Any other favorite things? Um, I really liked uh, the last two. I mean, I've liked all of The Last of Us so far. But yeah. The last two really, I thought they were tremendous. Getting a little bit of personality out of Ellie. Yeah. With the joke book and Joel finally cracking a smile for the first time. See, that's... Uh, again, I, I'm going to have to rework the way I look at the show mm-hmm. because I know it wasn't hitting me like it was because I was expecting Ashley Johnson Ellie. I was expecting her to fall along those lines, and it's just not going to be there because that's not what it is. 
She's a different kind of character. Bella Ramsey has to be different. So, and she is great. Like the, the thing where she's not wanting to cry and, you know, and the issue, the issue, I mean, the, the episode was called, uh, can I hold your hand? Can you hold my hand or something like that? Mm -hmm. I wish there would have been a time I was waiting for it. Something I actually felt like they dropped the ball on where they were in that thing. And Ellie would have been so scared. And she looks at Joel and was like, can you hold my hand? I'm really scared. Or just grabs his hand. Yeah. That would have been a great character defining moment for, for both of them that I'm surprised Druckmann missed that. A thing where Joel fighting against himself doesn't know what else to do except grab her hand. And like, then you see him start to lower his walls. Like the reason he doesn't want to warm up to her is because he can't go through what he happened with, with Sarah again. And he, he, he feels that happening a little, but I feel like it's going to be a little rushed if they don't get it going soon, because mm-hmm. this season is the whole game. By the end, they formed a pretty close relationship. Like by you know, they only got five, six episodes left now. Four, five, five. This week, you know, they're releasing it on Friday. Yeah, that's pretty neat. It is tomorrow. Neat. Yeah. Um, by the end, he's comfortable enough to call her baby girl, and that really took something though, because that's what he called Sarah. He puts her in bed and says good night, baby girl, and like puts her hair out of her eye. You know, when he does that, is at the end where she's. Laying there and they're getting ready to, and he comes in and he brutally murders the doctor. By yes, the way, I can't they're wait for that. They're going to do that, and that's going to be the birth of Abby. So well, you think that'll be episode two next season? One may, might be the end of this season. No, he's definitely going to murder the doctor. He's he's. They're going to deal with the fallout. What they're going to do with season two is they're going to build Abby through that season and they're going to fill in the gaps because there is a gap between the first game and the second game where they've settled into Jackson. They, you know, their, their life is now going out and hunting infected to make sure they don't get into this, in, into the city and all these things and, and do patrols and all that stuff. And how Joel and Ellie's relationship started to crumble because a, there's a couple of flashbacks. Ellie figures out that Joel was lying to her the entire time because she asked him at the end, um, after he's, Killed all the fireflies in a fucking bloody rampage going to the top of the hospital, which, by the way, they have alluded to already, and I can't wait to see that shit. I loved it? playing it. It's, it shows Joel walking through the hospital and like light shining around him. He's got his fucking M sixteen. That's the way it happens. You're you're just going up the the levels of the hospital and just you can either sneak by and kill or kill a lot of them or try to kill a few of them quietly and then try to go around them. I've done it both ways. I've gone guns ablaze and killed fucking everybody, and I've also snuck around them. You know. Um, I like the fact it gives you that option. Is there any difference uh, in what happens next? No, no, no. The story's still the same. Um, so <laughs> it's just fun to to fucking get that M16 and, and just and just start mowing them down and start running after them and killing them and get that fucking the uh, the El Diablo fucking big gun that you get and fucking pop people. I mean, that kind of shit's fun because they're bad. They're not good people. You know, they're, no, that's not exactly true. They are good people. They're just a paramilitary group. So, um, but then Abby's dad, who they'll introduce that. What they'll do is they'll set up, he'll get her out of the hospital. He'll kill Marlene at the end. Sorry. That that's something that happens. Um, I don't give a shit. I know. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, he shoots, he shoots Marlene in the stomach cause she stops him from, from coming down the elevator and it's like 
and she's got a gun on him and she's just like, Joel, you can still do the right thing here. She won't feel anything. And she's like, this is, this is everything. This is civilization. And, and she's like, it's what she would want. It's one of the most powerful moments of the whole game because Joel can't look her in the eye. And she's like, and you know that, you know, that's what Ellie would have wanted to sacrifice herself and not have to live in this shit world anymore. And to make everybody's life better, gave her life a feeling of purpose. That's something they're doing brilliantly is that, and I've just now picked up on that is they're building her character to have a kind of doesn't know what she's going to do in her life. Uncertainty about everything. Ellie had that in the game, but it wasn't as pronounced. She seemed to have a happy life. She seemed to have a place and was more, much, much more self-assured and all these things. This girl is unsure of herself. She's, you know, all kinds of things. And she's living in a dystopian place where she has no place. So she's going to this thing that feels like, you know, to her, this gave me purpose and I got to get the hell out of here. You know, Joel rescues her. Then you have to run down the fucking hallway and duck the fucking soldiers that are chasing you. Get in the elevator, go down the bottom. Marlene's waiting for you there. Joel shoots her in the stomach because she she can't tell he has a gun on it on his hip. And then he goes put he goes gets a cop car, puts Ellie in the cop car, goes back. Marlene's like bleeding out, and she's just like and Joel gets the gun on her and she's like, uh, you know, we won't chase you, won't do anything. He's like, no, nah, you just come after her, bang, and fucking shoots her right in the face. And then gets, you know, and then gets in the car and drives off and Ellie wakes up from the the sedation. And um, and she's like, what happened? And he's and she and because she knows that she's immune, that are going to do something. But she doesn't know what they were going to do. They just put her under like saying, we're going to do this and you're going to wake back up because why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So she's like, what happened? He's like, well, it turns out they ran some tests and. You know, there's dozens of people that are immune. It's a total lie. Like, um, we're going home. We're going. We're going back to Tommy's. And Ellie kind of looks at him and turns over in her seat. She knows Joel was lying to her. Very perceptive. So, at the end of the game, they have to get out and walk because they run out of gas or whatever, and they're walking back to Jackson. And the end scene of the game, which is one of the most brilliant scenes in gaming history, in my opinion, she stops him and says. You know, they have a little bit of a conversation there, and she says, um, tell me everything you said from the Fireflies is true. Swear to me that everything you said was true. And it, like, pans up, and the music swells, kind of, and he goes, I swear. And it cuts back to her, and she says, okay. Screen goes black. Credits roll. Hmm. Brilliant. Fucking beautiful. Um, And what they're going to do after that is build Abby's story with finding her dad and then their relationship that they had a little bit of stuff with and then Ellie's life and knowing Joel had lied to her because that's the thing in the game everybody in Ellie's life had lied to her except Joel Joel had never lied to her and then this one man she thinks he can trust looks at her like her dad lied to her well then she has this thing she can't trust people anymore and then she starts to freeze over the relationship and push Joel out and that's when, spoiler alert, everybody, I'm sorry. I know this, and this is something that's going to lose on a lot of viewers. I think they will end, they will try to build it and end season two with Joel getting fucking golfed, getting golf club. In the game. It's very early. It's the first two hours or something like that. Yes, it is. So, see, I thought. Which I thought was brilliant. And, I, and I'm and yeah, i the biggest Joel the fan there ever was. Get out of the way, yeah. Um, so they're going to 
Yeah. Because they need him. Sure. So you can't change and, it and that you, much. And you, and you have to end the season on a cliffhanger, kind of. If you're building a series, you have Abby, you, you have all these things where Joel, because they have Joel and they're beating him, right? And even in the game, you think, well, they're not going to kill Joel. I, I just, we're going to bust him out of here. Tommy, I'm going to help. Tommy's going to help. We're going to get out of this. You know, back of your mind, you know, this is not, that's not happening. This thing is, that is not going to happen. And then she just takes the golf club and buries it in his head, in his head and kills him. Have you and seen all the edits people have done on line? Like the Tiger Woods. Golf. Yeah. Fun, fun. <laughs> I mean, it's all those fucking people who hate the game. I thought it was funny. It is funny. Don't, dude, I can find the comedy <laughs> in it. But at the same time, I think the people who hate it and talk shit about it are so full of shit. And, and the thing, and another, there's that group of fucking Nancy boys who have never lifted a weight or done anything mm-hmm. in their life. So threatened by Abby, they can't even stand it. And she's not even really that jacked. I mean, she is. But she's like CrossFit jacked. She's not yeah. female bodybuilder jacked or anything. So I don't know. I love the character. I, I by the end of it, I loved Abby as much as I did Ellie. I still don't know her. Well, she's. I got to play. The they're game. so similar. Like only, of course, physically different. Ellie's a slight little thing who's. She gets by on her wits. Well, and she's quick and she's, she's crafty and also. A savage fighter. She can knife fight. She can do all these things. But Abby is on another fucking level. She's like a little Aria. Essentially, essentially yes. But Abby is a tank, and she can fight men. And she she's can, like a Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, except not that big. She's a big girl, but she's not that big. Well, she's not six foot seven. No. But one of the things I found most funny is that when they're there's a blackboard, and as nerds do, as we just said, they zoomed in on Abby's numbers, and they were like, "There's no way a woman could do that." And I looked at him, was like. Those numbers are not that impressive, guys. It's a 225 bench press. That's not that impressive. Yeah, she's doing fine. For a woman, that's great. Yeah. But for, I mean, you guys are saying she's some superwoman, all that stuff. And also, she's not a, um, what do you call a, when they're overpowered and all that stuff. Yeah, Mary Sue. She's not a Mary Sue. She has lots of faults. She's selfish. She, her revenge is, 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 Always on her mind. She's insecure. She's got a fear of heights. All kinds of stuff. A lot of great character building there. The Critical Drinker disappointed me with not liking her and not liking the second game. I really agree with most of his criticism and laugh at it because I think it's so dead on. That one is something I drastically disagree with. So... He said the game is beautiful to look at and all that stuff, but they killed Joel did nothing wrong. I was like, no, he did plenty of shit wrong. Almost everything. That's his. That's wrong. his life coming back to haunt him. Yeah, that is the the that is the theme of the game. Violence begets violence, and sometimes you got to break the fucking cycle. Joel was a violent person who did a bunch of shit and then. Uh, had to live a life and then killed a bunch of people. And then those, the, the children of those people and some of those people themselves came looking for Joel to kill him. And then Ellie's going to go back and kill them. And the next thing you know, it's fucking extermination. And Ellie at the end has Abby at her mercy. She's going to kill her. And then this image of Joel flashes in her head, sitting on the porch and she lets her go. And all the fucking dumbasses were like, this whole game, and he, she didn't even kill her. I was just like, you totally- There has the, to be a part three. Well, and you totally missed the point of the fucking game. That's it, She was meant not to kill her from the beginning. Yeah, I was um, watching, I've watched the last season of uh, The Walking Dead now. Yeah. Just because I gotta be, a, I gotta complete it if be I start Be a completist, it. yeah. Um, and 
Maggie, whose husband was Glenn, who plays Invincible, um, yes, has a chance to kill Negan. Even though Negan hasn't been the bad guy in a long time, he's changed his ways, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she realizes what you just said. Right. So she's Cycle like, of violence has to I'm end. never going to like you. I'm never going to do this or that. But you're welcome to stay here. Um, and but, people threw a fit about it, right? But don't, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but don't expect me to be all rosy and all that. She, none of, all this is paraphrasing. The final season of The Walking Dead <clears throat> was bad. The final five seasons of The Walking Dead was bad, but it was entertaining. Wasn't it set in Charleston? Some of it was in West Virginia, yeah. I thought it was in Charleston. I don't think so. It might have been. I really really thought that the governor or whatever his name was in Charleston. He might have been. One thing that I loved about The Last of Us, the the thing that The Last of Us Part Two that was so beautiful about, about the end of that game is there's... Ellie keeps on having these waking nightmares, PTSD nightmares, essentially what they are of Joel getting killed and her running down to try to save him. And she can't get down there in time and all that stuff. Somebody said, well, that's nightmares of, you know, wanting to go kill Abby. I was like, no, if she wanted to go kill Abby, she'd have nightmares about Abby. It was her guilt about not Not forming a relationship with Joel again before he died. That's what the whole thing is. And that's what, that's why she couldn't kill her because she knows if I kill her now, then, then the thing with Joel goes away forever. The way I feel about him. So she knew what Joel, because she formed a life with Dina, her and Dina got a farmhouse about, three quarters through the game. And you think that's the end of the game at one point, because she moves out there with the, with the baby. It's her, it's a, there's a friend, a guy, um, I can't remember his name, Justin or I think. And, and he gets killed. Abby kills him. I wonder Glenn. No, not Glenn. I can't remember his name. I wonder. Cause there's a lot of time between part one and part two in the game, right? There. Yeah. A few like, years. How many years? Three Okay, I was thinking they might have to recast Bella no, Ramsey. No, no, they'll just. I think she's already nineteen though in real life, right? And I think that she'll step into it and do a really good job. But she, uh, Ellie, had not forgiven Joel really, but then she started to live this life with Dina, where they had the baby and they were living on the farm and loved each other and had this beautiful little life. How'd they have a baby? Well, Dina trains. was pregnant. Oh, okay. Dina was pregnant in, in part of the game, and that's the reason she couldn't. I remember that now. Yeah. I so, played that part. Right. So, uh, and she finally knew what it was like to love someone so much that no matter what hangs in the balance, any parent who would go through that same thing, and that's what Joel was as a parent, and would go through that thing. If somebody came to me and said, okay, your daughter has a cure for something, your daughter Annie has a cure for something in her brain, and all humanity dies, I'd be like, fuck them, let them die. I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. That is my daughter, and and she lives a life with me, and the rest of you are just going to have to fucking deal with it. That's exactly what any parent would do, and if they wouldn't, they're not much of a fucking parent. So, you know, and finally she knew what that felt like. She's like, if I was given that opinion, if I was given that uh, option with either Dina or J.J., this is the baby that I would have done exactly what Joel did. Fuck him. And so she felt guilt with that. And then finally, when she tracked Abby down, but that was partly Tommy's fault because Tommy had gone to kill Abby too. And Abby fucked him up. I think I remember that part too. Um, 
and he lost an eye. You know, he was like crippled and all kind of stuff. And he came and he had actually tracked Abby down and then came to see Ellie and Dina and said, well, now we know where she is. I'm like, I can't go. You got to go. And like wanting her to complete the revenge and not just letting her live her life. Now, you know, the cycle of revenge destroyed his life as well. People don't get that part too. It destroyed his body and, and him and Maria done. They were fucking divorced after this because it had destroyed everybody's life. It touched. So you're trying to tell me that you can't grasp the concept yeah. that if she kills both Lev, this girl that Abby was with, or it was a boy, but it was a girl who wanted to be a boy. So we'll just say boy, this boy that I was, Abby was with and Abby herself. You trying to tell me that you don't understand that, that would have destroyed Ellie's character. And then she's now this murderer for the rest of her life. Fuck you. That's fucking dumb. Did people complain this hard when Luke didn't kill Darth Vader? Oh, no. It's it's a little different. People can't seem... For one thing, there were so many reasons people didn't like that game. Not least because Ellie was finally confirmed gay. And left behind, she kissed another girl, but it, they didn't really know where they were going with it or whatever. They could put it down a childish infatuation. That was part of the first game. So they're just like, oh, they're, you know, bald. This, this very... I, and I hate to go down this route because they lay so much on this, but this is a very toxic gamer thing where they're homophobic, fucking uh, racist, all this fucking shit, and they really are. And that's where the that's part of where the QAnon thing grew out of. So, um, they just can't accept these things. So they just bomb everything they don't fucking like. No, don't get me wrong, some shit sucks, and they and. I hate to be in any kind of agreement with them, and I don't agree with them. I can agree something's not good for some reasons, but I can't agree with them just destroying it because they don't like it because reasons. You know what I mean? Um, but the whole th- that that final part with Ellie is very poignant because she walks back into the house. the The last part of the game is you guiding Ellie back up through the yard. She comes into the house. House is empty, abandoned. Dina has taken the baby and left. And she packed all of Ellie's things and put them in a room because she told Ellie, if you go back, if you go and do this, I probably won't be here when you get back or I might not be here. Basically giving her an ultimatum. And Ellie said, I'm sorry, I have to finish this. And then she walks away from her. Dina called her bluff and she didn't even know if Ellie was coming back. So we, that's still left up in the air. But Joel's guitar is in there. So she tries to play that song, only Abby has bitten off one of her fingers <laughs> in the fight. And she can't hit this. So she takes the guitar, lays it on the, beside the, the open window with the breeze blowing through, walks, out the, down the, walks down through the house, out the fucking gate, and down the path. And that is cut to black. And that is the end of the game. I fucking bawled. <laughs> because I was just like, so many, so many things, so beautifully written, so savage, so brutal, all those things, so brave of a story to tell. And such a really risky but also awesome ending. I mean, and plus just feeling bad for Ellie. She pulled up at the last moment, but in a sense, it was too late. She had saved her own soul, but her life had been destroyed by it. So, you know, just the whole lesson of fucking revenge. Let it go. So, you know, it was, dude, you really got to play that game. Because it, it, it really does a great job of fleshing out Abby. So you see her side of the story. Because it she has nightmares about her dad. And running down the hallway to in that last hallway in the first game. 
she's running down that hall, same hallway Ellie was, or Joel was. That dude, it's so fucking well written. And then the scene where Joel takes Ellie to this um, this muse- this uh, museum, and they've got like dinosaurs, and Ellie loves dinosaurs, and she loves space travel, and she puts her in the this space capsule and got her this. She has an old Walkman, and he found an old tape of them doing a launch. Somebody recorded, and he's like, "Now close your eyes and put that in play." And she's sitting there, like, and she's imagining what it is to take off in the rocket. It chokes me up now. I mean, it was, it was, it was tough, you know, but also beautiful in its way. So, it almost <laughs> it hit me when I was at uh, when we were in DC and we were at the Air and Space Museum, and I saw that capsule. And that stuff, and I was just like, I kind of had to turn away for for a second. I was just like remembering that game and that scene. So that's why I was just like, when they first announced the show, I was excited for it. But I was like, they've done it, you know? How are they going to beat that? Well, they got to do everything on all the different mediums. Sure, <clears throat> and this is one that paid off, and they've actually improved on some things. I love the character of Bill from the game, but I like this Bill better. I think. It was a it was a story so beautifully told, so it, it was a love story told where the sexes of the people and the sexual proclivities of the people did not fucking matter. So that's exactly what we were talking about twenty minutes ago. It was two people who came together and 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 found a love for each other, and they did a great job fleshing out the characters where you actually cared about them, and they actually grew together and all these things. There was a story arc there, so. Brilliant writing. So, I watched um, the new Black Panther. What'd you think? I remember not thinking it was awful, but I also don't remember anything about it. So, that tells you about <laughs> all you need to know. I was hoping Namor would be awesome. No, no, I don't remember. So, he should be kick ass. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about it. I'll have to it. check it out. I'm, I really. I mean, I watched it and I did, like, whenever I watch a movie for the first time, I don't look at my phone. I don't do anything. Right. And I wasn't bored while watching it, but I just don't remember anything about well, it. Well, one thing I can tell you, and this is actually bothering me, is there was I, a lot of black people in it. I don't well, remember that. I'm dreading um, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I'm dreading it because I can already see what it is. It's green screen nonsense. It's mm-hmm. exactly what I hate. And they're doing it again. Why couldn't they go to the actual quantum realm? No, (laughs) I'm talking about, I'm just saying more practical, try to tell the story where you don't have to do all that shit. Yeah. Maybe the quantum realm could be more of a place of um, traveling back in time and to different places and to, to different realities without having to be monsters and shit like that. Maybe you can have those things in there. But how about telling a story that's more cerebral, where Scott Lang goes back in time to his daughter and has to run to catch her, and all these other things are going off when everything's collapsing, and Kang is the guy behind it, and there is a big fight with him and Kang, but maybe it can, it can span through the fucking different realities, where he has to fight a different Kang in every reality, and Kang is almost like a regular guy, but you, you see what I'm saying, how awesome yeah. that would be? Almost like a Nolan film. Yeah. You know, he would have been a great choice to direct something like that, so... They, but um, no, hey, we've got monsters, and we've got. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. All the you know, ad- so all the advertisements, like all the reviews, the reviews that they pay for, are like you have to see this in theaters because right, they right. the last everything since Spider Man and the couple before that were big disappointments. Sure, they made 
they made more money in almost a billion dollars. Sure, but but that's not enough anymore. Thor: Love and Thunder used to be. They they've really they've done what they should never have done. They did what DC did. They did what DC did. It's, it's ironic that Marvel started out with the right person at the helm and the right idea. Character, 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 character. Not spectacle. Spectacle mm-hmm. is secondary. Now it's spectacle and character if we want to do it. And we're probably... Every character is the same. Exactly. Quipping and all that stuff. As opposed to taking the risk for a character to be imperfect. Or, or even... I don't know, man. You know the perfect arc of the Marvel character... Captain America. Mm-hmm. No, take that back. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Both exactly. Of them, really. Started narcissistic and shitty and awful human being who capitalized on people's death and all that stuff to being the guy who sacrificed himself to save everyone. You cannot tell a better character arc than that. And you cannot get a better actor to play it. And since they've lost them, it's not. People think, well, that, that level of actor is what they've lost. That's true as well. But there are other great actors in it. But what they've lost is the ability to tell a character arc. A to B, not A and this is going to keep being A. You know, that's not fucking anything. Well, now everything is an advertisement for the next thing. Exactly. It wasn't like that. When we saw Doctor Strange and there was, and I could not, I couldn't, I was so disgusted with that post credit scene that I used to look so so forward to. Oh, when it's like, this is just cookie cutter. The dwarf and the guy, I'm like, well, oh, I'm bleep blorp, yeah. and I'm schmoop schmap. Yes. What's up? <laughs> okay. And, I, and Patton Oswalt playing Pip the Troll before that would have been something beyond my wildest dreams awesome. And it was so bad. And another thing they're doing is, I, I looked at the Critical Drinkers thing with... With the message with well, it's with Disney in general. It is nothing more than a bunch of suits who got in a fucking room and want to keep pumping out the sludge for the cash cow. That's all it fucking is. And finally, they need to fire this motherfucker and put somebody back in charge who understands that you can do that and make some money short term, but you're destroying the thing long term that's going to make you billions. They're doing the same thing with Star Wars and all that stuff. Exactly. And they've laid off a bunch of people. Recently, maybe even today, their stock went way the fuck down. It was at eighty dollars a share at one point. I think it jumped back up a little bit, but I don't know. I tell you, one branch, everything doesn't need to be a roller coaster. Well, no, and, every, and and one branch of their company that to me never really suffered, but that, that understood animation. That, well, the Pixar backed them in yeah. animation. The guy Brad Bird backing that, who understands that. That you need story. Everything else sucks if you don't have it. Look at all the explosions we have. Don't give a fuck. Where's the story? Every explosion looks the same. Exactly. Every fight is the same. This was um, uh, Wakanda forever, whatever. It was the same as every other one. Right. Nobody of importance dies. They come to an understanding at the end, I think. Gee, that never happens. And everybody gets to survive. So what was the point of the entire thing? I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't um, not entertained. It's fun to look at the sparkles, you know? And Namor deserved. If they they fucking chumped him and made him a chump for the movie, I'll never watch another Marvel thing again. I don't think he's a chump. I just didn't like him. I didn't love him. But I don't think I'm supposed to. I don't know. 
Are there any good guys or bad guys anymore? It's like the NWO whenever they came in into wrestling, everybody started cheering for the bad guys all of a sudden. Everybody's a gray character now. Well, you need, uh, well, that can work if you have the right backdrop. This isn't the right backdrop for that. It's superheroes, not. There needs to be good and evil. Exactly. And you can have grades shades of gray in a character that is otherwise light steve had some things about him that that he that weren't so great sometimes there weren't very many no i mean he was the paragon you know but it's like uh iron man he's narcissistic he's selfish he doesn't he doesn't do that he he is very dismissive to subordinates all kinds of stuff he he's that guy but he's also a Loving father loves his wife, you know, just became this person, you know, it was a beautiful thing. All right. I think I'm done. Yeah. I didn't really say any favorite things, but pretty much everything that was my favorite thing was also yours. So pretty a shit. Right. I got to eat. I'm I tired. A song. You got a song? I did. We'll have to do a little. Just tell me what it is and I can look it up. Uh, hold on, my likes. It was on my likes. It was a song. Let me think. Um, I'm looking for it. Oh, um, it's being reported that uh, the U.S. bombed the Nord Stream pipeline. Not fun. Yeah, nice. No shit. <laughs> um, I also read a story earlier today that the FBI. <clears throat> sent a a guy into uh, the Black Lives Matter protest to try to pass out guns to attack the cops. So that's fun. What happened now? The FBI sent a guy into the Black Lives Matter protest to infiltrate and like hand out guns and try to get them to be violent towards the cops. Why would they do that? So they could squash. Squat. So they could do. Yeah. It's like giving the Mulkies a shot of steroids, yeah. thinking they can actually compete with Road Warriors. Yeah, let them squash. Um, never mind. You can play something. I, I can't remember I'll which. Just, I'll just play the theme song, because we didn't play it at the beginning. There we go. Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourselves.